Welcome back to the podcast. This is episode 64. In this episode, my friends and I talk about what makes a person happy. It means we also wind up talking about depression, and we spend a good amount of time in the middle of the podcast talking about therapy, and uh, specifically a Christian perspective on that. I'll let you know that about the first 12 minutes of this podcast is banter, so if you want to skip and get to the good stuff, uh, that's about the minute mark that you'll have to go to. But if any of that sounds interesting to you, go ahead and give it a listen, and I hope you enjoy. Hello, everyone. <laughs> Hello. Hello. Hey. Hi. Hello. Okay, so let's hit the unpause button on uh, some of that. <laughs> so David, I, we got we to gotta start with David's most recent question, and then retroactively... Yeah. Work our way back oh, to the title. So I want to know what spawned the question. David said, "We'll we'll get there." <laughs> David says, "Do you guys pee every day?" Yes. Yes. Multiple, multiple times. times. And if you don't, I, I if you drank what... something other than Chick Fil A sweet tea and lemonade, <laughs> I, I feel very comfortable in saying, empirically, you're supposed to. Yeah. yeah. No, I pee every day. And he's a zoologist. Oh, I pee like maybe two, three times a day. I feel like that's good. What? It depends uh, on how much you I drink, like but you're also... I feel like it's a good also, minimum. You're, you're underweight. I'm you're not, starved. I'm not underweight. Dude, if I brought you to people and said, from North Korea you came, they would all believe it. <laughs> from North Korea you came. <laughs> I looked at well, the name talking... of my memoir. From <laughs> 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 North Korea. I was going to say, yeah. I was going to tell them it's Spanish. I looked it up, and I was like, an average... Wait, how much is this? An average 25, 5 foot 9. Asian? Asian. Supposed to weigh. Wait, what do you weigh? And, and, and it gave me. Why is it better that you're Asian? And it, it's different. It's <laughs> different. Yeah. And it gave me. And it gave me the weight. It, it puts it in kilograms versus ah, pounds. And it gave me the that's weight. Uh-huh. And it's like, oh, good job. If you were a female, you'd be perfect. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, that goes to. Hey. Oh, hey, 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 guys. So the answer the is. The muscle yes. mass matches, okay? <laughs> so the answer is yes. <laughs> I pee every day. Yeah. Everyone should make sure that they're drinking enough water yes. that they are peeing. Uh, yes. Relieve themselves. I'd say I'd say a minimum of like four times yeah. a day, four five. Yeah. Uh, anyway, but let's not get into the specifics. So, why did so that come up? we're bringing this up because Miguel has a uh, urinalysis that oh. he has to do. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> okay. Because he. Got a job. Woo! A new job. A new job. job. He was unemployed for the last 30 years. Yeah. Now he's, yeah. Have you just been self-employed for like this recent time? <clears throat> no, technically I'm employed by a company. Yeah. Is it another company? No. Oh. No. What company? Is it oh, owned by your dad? What yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I forgot that you have. Yeah, but he's still an employee. Because yeah, I still, always think yeah. of the... Crayola thing? Yeah. 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 That was also employment. That was like Well, yeah, yeah. Six years. <laughs> but I, I know you stopped working there, so I thought he you owns, just Miguel did. owns Crayola. <laughs> I own it, yep. His last name is Rosart. Oh, wait. No. Does your Duh. dad make you pee in a cup? No. Oh. Yeah. White privilege. Not, not since high school. <laughs> not since high school. No. Um, <laughs> that's oh. No, no. Okay, and then wait. How do we backtrack then from there to what was the pan. last? Say something. Uh, grab bag of topics. Oh no! Then that's just the fact that he's he's married. Oh, happiness, happiness, happiness. That that Dan actually knows that he was miserable before. Dan can finally experience true happiness because he's married. Is this your first podcast as a husband? I think so. I thought you were going to ask if this is his first marriage. You know, is this your first marriage? It is. Because if not, we got a we got a whole new topic. (laughs) Well, according to David, it's his second marriage. 
Okay, so now that we've done all of that stupid stuff, yeah. how's everyone doing? I mean, Miguel got a new job. I got a new job. When does it start? Uh, it's all because I have to pass the year now because in the background check, which of course it will, but mm. so, I like so that confidence. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, but but take, I mean, that's good. You barely even take Tylenol. Like, mm. oh, yeah. you've been but what about one too many of those leaves, Miguel? Children's Tylenol. <laughs> what about the Cuban food you eat? The Cuban? There's some greenery in there. Okay. You don't know where it's from, and that's why it tastes so good. It's I think it's lettuce. Lechuga. <laughs> More. Okay, we're we're a little heavy-handed with the bay leaves and the black beans. Okay, I get it, Eric. It's not well. to your flavor. <laughs> okay. Is bay leaf like specifically a Cuban? No, but seasoning? like it is. Oh, I mean, I don't know. It's used, but, but it's used a lot in Cuban cuisine. In, in black beans, like oh. you put, oh, yeah. you put at least at least two <clears throat> bay leaves. Huh? T I L. Right. Which stands for? Today I levied. Ooh. My opinion on the internet. Anyway, I learned. <laughs> Today I learned. Oh. Anyway. Uh, what is... I'm just kidding. Let's not do acronyms. Me. Yeah. Dang, I'm Eric. This dude pointing at Eric to my light. To your white. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, but that sounded funny. Okay, anyway. Was. Anyways, whatever. You have some good news. I mean, I mean, yeah. I mean, actually, I have news. a job interview. Is that to do with bum-ba-dum-bum-bum-bum-bum? Farmer? Oh, yes. yeah, it's pretty good. It yeah. Yeah. I was like, did he hit that? Yeah, he did. Yeah, um, yeah it's uh, with <clears> farmers. <throat> I may have other job prospects in case that doesn't go through, but uh, I, I think that I'll get it just with everything that I've done in my work. That's pretty Pro awesome. tip as someone who's like maybe a step ahead of you in the process, they're going to wow. require your wow. analysis. <laughs> well, I know they're going to require <laughs> my analysis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, like one of those, like you step on like the Dr. Scholl's foot pads. <laughs> One of those. Okay. They're like, huh, pronation. Yeah. I, mean, I see that you have an instep. Well, I guess they would. I guess they would. Yeah, this just seems like um, standard practice. But uh, that's cool and uh, just shaping everything now um, to certain things, certain goals. Nice. After them. Hey, we're, we're going to mm-hmm. come back to that. Oh, yeah. Does of. everybody that works at Farmers get to meet J.K. Simmons? I hope so. I not, hope so. I hope it's like... At the national convention. It's Pictures nice. Pictures Spider-Man. Yeah. <laughs> I'd rather it be like that J.K. Simmons and not like Whiplash J.K. Simmons. Oh, oh yeah. Definitely not. I was going to say, it you would see be him. more like the Whiplash J.K. Simmons. <laughs> if it was like at the National Convention. But was I earlier? Was I like, like, with Why not just the J.K. Simmons from the commercials, guys? Because that's the fake J.K. Simmons. Not the real acted character <laughs> that he plays. I don't know. Whiplash, I feel like that was him. <clears throat> no. no. I feel like that He's was probably him. a very no, nice Have you guy. ever seen him on the red carpet? No. There's a reason for that. Yeah. Not my tempo. My Get rid of this carpet. <laughs> okay. You know the Will Smith and uh, Chris Rock situation? Uh, it happened before. He trained Wait, really? Case no, no. No. No, it's the first Hey, man, that's like, that's slander. Only now are celebrities. Oh, Which there's a great J.K. Simmons quote about slander. I mean, it's oh, like abuse. Slander spoken in libel. Yeah. <laughs> didn't like John Wayne make someone cried in Oscars? Who? Sounds about right. Did you say John Wick? John, John Wayne. Wayne. Oh, I say like I was gonna say like there's there's not been slapping, but yeah. there's been like some offensive stuff yeah. happening at the Oscars. Yeah, but the comedians. What? John Wayne. John Wayne's a comedian. <laughs> John Wayne's a comedian. <laughs> I like your you know, attitude of like I'm just gonna live fake at it the like it. Actually, that makes That's a lot of that makes some of his stuff need. less problematic. If you're like, oh, he was just a comedian. <laughs> <laughs> it was a joke, obviously. Yeah. He wasn't seriously John trying Lannis. to play Genghis Khan. That explains so much. Yeah, I know John Wayne is. He was a disciple. <laughs> yeah, the Apostle John Wayne. That's what the book Jesus and John Wayne is about. 
That's a real book. <laughs> that is a real book. That's not what that's about. We it's about ex- it like evangelicals. What's that? Oh, yeah, it's about like a problem with American him. evangelicalism. That's why I was like, this is a joke that is for a very specific audience, and none of them are here. Nope. Hmm. I'm barely in it. <clears throat> Peter, life's good. Yeah, um, I feel like God's really blessed me this uh, month. A uh, few, several weeks ago, I got to uh, had the opportunity of going to a um, an international conference with my job. It was a business trip to Milwaukee, Wisconsin, and Milwaukee. I was doing uh, tech support for the past two weeks, supporting two different conferences with my tech team. Well, not not everyone from my team, but a select few. Um, there was Legacy Track, which is with Legacy staff, Crew 22, which met at a convention center, and um, uh, we um, we were doing tech support for like thousands of people. Well, there was like not all thousands of them came to the help desk. It was just like a good number of them throughout the day, like fixing like their computer problems and phones. And all, all in all, it was good. I got to walk around the city some days. Got to walk around. Got, got to eat, um, eat at the different restaurants and markets there. Milwaukee talkie. Yeah. Milwaukee, you talk. And there were times we gathered together. We had like our orientation, our welcome party, and then we had our um, our going, our goodbye party for celebrating like the whole conference. We had a little... You get a party when you show up and a party when you leave. Yep. That's the kind of conference I want. That's like um, like giving both in, in a funeral. You party when you're giving birth. Sometimes yeah, you, you party when you're giving birth. <laughs> like during no, the process of giving birth, there's yeah. all no, these streamers and confetti. When you're born, there was a party. Yeah. This is like nine minutes old and, and already yeah. everybody's lost faith in your yeah. Yeah. In your ability. Don't worry, I'll have to say yeah. in the intro at what point the, the actual conversation starts. <laughs> yeah. So uh, besides work, um, life has been good. I really enjoyed church service lot, uh, yesterday and with all the baptisms, with the third right? baptism being the most impactful one. Um, and I was talking to it with my friend, um, Tony. Um, oh yeah. Yeah. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Don't worry. Yeah. We'll keep that for the people who are there. Mm-hmm. See a tiger? Tony the tiger? Uh-huh. They tried to dunk him. They just wouldn't go yeah. under. Yeah. Uh, David? <laughs> How um, you doing? Well, there's two things. I'll make it short. Uh, my family <coughs> has officially left South America. As missionaries, they they're not retiring. They are officially like they're done with South America and Bolivia. Absolutely. Because everyone there is a Christian already. They are moving to Africa to be oh. missionaries in January. They're moving oh, to awesome. Africa, uh, in Ghana. So I'm excited to go to Ghana. <coughs> um, I don't think you're going to go. How are decisions like that made? Fight if you don't mind me asking. Oh, so Ghana go. How like? <laughs> Like, how did yeah, they so, arrive to, like, hey, our work in Bolivia is done? Uh, we well, they're kind, of being, they're kind of getting forced out. Uh, that's one so, way. Yeah. That's one way. So, By one, the government? Yeah, the political well, the government. Situation. And oh, wow. my parents, they build, like, churches and houses and stuff. And it's just getting more and more difficult for them to do. Um, so. And so, a good thing on that, I, I spoke to him on uh, Saturday at the, at the funeral. Um, but he was saying the good thing is even though they're leaving, all the ministries are still going because yeah. they've all been like there are people They're there who've been trained to to take everything over, and so they'll still keep yeah. all that up. So it's just getting awesome. more dangerous for them, and um, mm-hmm. they come getting forced to leave, so they're leaving. Oh. Um, this Saturday, <clears throat> uh, in the afternoon, me and my friends finally because this is getting done. Me and seven other people getting together, and we're actually going to start. Maybe not start filming it, but really can talk about it. So I finished a small movie script I want to get filmed, and several of my friends are actually going to get together 
and we're going to talk about how we're going to film it. So we're going to practice how the camera's going to be shot and stuff like that. Blocking. So, yeah. Mm. I'm excited for that. I get a Blocking. credit, right? That's you do get credit. credit. I, I was going to say, can I do a once-over on the script so I get a DP credit? If you want. That's what I did for my credit. It's like... Travis Bergner, person who read the script and corrected three grammar mistakes. <laughs> It'd be a lot more than that, but <clears throat> no, I'm not helping out in any other way. Oh, I provide the house. Oh yeah, if, if you're shooting here, yeah. you should get credit for that. Yeah, yeah. House. What's well, still a producer Land, credit? Landlord, homeboy, homeboy. So yeah, man, we're all caught up. Yeah. Now we get to talk about David. Yeah. Uh, I, I've been so. I want to be talking about, I know you guys have done this already, but I just want to dive more into it uh, since I wasn't here, is talk about like depression, um, how to deal with depression. That's a big thing I want to, that's the main thing I want to talk about is how to deal with depression. And then Travis has brought up is what makes someone happy, not just you individually, but just what makes a person happy. Yeah, so uh, David brought this up and we have done depression before, but it's like, it's a topic that you could do an entire series about like you could have a podcast just based on the idea of depression and i was thinking one thing like or, a, a, or a useful that's true <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um but it's like i think it'd be helpful to approach it from the angle of like okay what does a human being need in order to be i don't know if you want to use the word happy or content or whatever but like in order to to live the kind of life where depression would not be an issue for them you know uh so yeah what are the things i got three yeah i got things, a couple things too that i think a, a human being needs if they're going to live a life that is happy or not depressed you know mm. I, or i'll say this people <clears throat> who i see who struggle with depression often lack at least two if not all three of these things yeah so, um no hang on so, we can't go we gotta let them, oh yeah we gotta, we gotta yeah. let them spitball it all right solve the world's problems we've done prep work why are you looking at Because we're sixes, so I think there's a very basic need that we have. <laughs> but you know what? You cool kind of look like John Goodman from <laughs> The Big Old John Goodman? Right I'm oh, like, wow. Not like, the okay. not in his girth. I'm just saying the look you gave was Walter at the... Anyways, it doesn't matter. Um, so, I mean, six. Six. Keep, keep backpedaling more on the show. All right. Six out of ten. Sixes as in Enneagram sixes. I know. Tens as I know. in looks. Um... I think that you know, uh, you got a face. I think uh, <laughs> I think guidance is one of them that's officially over there, and and I think that it's because it's all tied to kind of like security. Yeah, I was gonna say security. Mm-hmm. Mm. And what do you mean by security? Like, with what, what brought you mean by, by well, that's why I said Brinks. guidance because Brinks. I think yeah, I that think the security thing can be different from person to person, but you want to feel safe. Okay. Yeah, you want to feel like your life is not. On turmoil. the brink of, on the brinks of, uh, yeah, turmoil, like some kind of, like you're, Stability. I mean, part of this is like people who live paycheck to paycheck. And so it's like, man, I am literally two weeks away from my lights being shut off and maybe being mm-hmm. kicked out of my house. So hurry up and pay your rent, David. <clears throat> no, David, I'm going to shut off the breaker switch to just your room. <laughs> would that be effective? That, would you be able to find where the breakers are to switch back on? No, no, I will say, none, of the, none of the switches in my breaker box are labeled, which is super <laughs> unhelpful. So if you're sitting there, <clears throat> oh, wait, that's my room. Hurt. Nicole, which is this one? Oh, wait, one? that's the room I'm currently in. <laughs> Can't see the other breakers. Okay, so we have uh, security and guidance are uh, a couple, okay? Dan? 
that's one of the things that keeps you happy is Dave. Is Dave. Yeah. Well, I, I feel I feel like meaning is the deepest mm. the deepest thread that you can go down if you if your <clears> life <throat> is not just like oh I I have a vague idea of what the meaning of my life is but like a deep tie to how your life is meaningful <coughs> and what you're doing is purposeful uh and that you have like kind of like you know having a plan laid out for like what i'm wanting to do what i'm mm. wanting to see mm. and you're not meandering but you're purposeful i think that is a huge tie what i think a lot of people are longing for which is why identity i think is such a huge mm. thing and the lack of identity causes a lot of depression um or a lot of angst in people because what they want to have is they want to have a meaning of like this is who i am and why mm. i am and what i am and when you have that not well defined uh and then this will go it ties into stability and security as well you just feel like you're on shaky ground because you're like i don't from from day to day you don't feel like there's a steady constant mm -hmm. interaction by which you mean i i debated between saying community and interaction um because i do think that there are certain people who would shy away from community and they're just now i just want to be able to interact with something else that's alive a dog would suffice for me i don't necessarily need a person but i'm like i i was turning that over i was like let's keep it broader versus mm. specific mm. so interaction with something else that's alive mm. or that can respond mm. yeah it's i'd say between all you guys you kind of hit the three that i was thinking of so i i would say community that's that's the one that I, but i think uh the word specifically that i was thinking of is kind of more like um interaction which is engagement like oh. engagement with people people who say hey you know you mentioned this thing like how did that go or, or mm -hmm. you know just people who you can come over and work out and and talk with like i, I think other people is a big part of it um so my three are community meaningful uh labor like something uh, it, by which i mean a goal like you have a goal that you're actually uh pushing towards <clears throat> pursuing you know to varying degrees of effort but uh yeah so purpose uh yeah community purpose and goals um uh, which i guess two of those you know purpose and goals kind of overlap a lot um but I frequently notice that people who would say that they're depressed they don't get enough uh social engagement with other people um and they they don't necessarily have a specific goal that they're currently working towards another thing that I, that I didn't say it but I think it bears mentioning is like to take care of your body um and that I'm not talking about like lifting weights or whatever even though I think that that's a great thing to do but it's like getting sunlight on your skin and you know breathing fresh air and uh, getting enough sleep you know those sorts of things um so yeah maybe a maybe a better way to cutting it down to three is like engagement with community um a goal like a a, a meaning driven goal mm -hmm. and then to care for your the vessel that all this is happening in mm -hmm. um because like man we i was talking about this with one of my classes today where it's like uh you know our are Americans notorious for being like very healthy people and eating very healthy food? And it's like, no, okay, well, is there maybe a correlation between a correlation between this and you know our self-reported levels of um, depression? And I think that's definitely linked. So, um, I would love to hear you guys' opinion. Set us straight, David. I'd love to hear you guys' opinion on this. So, 
um, they're just, legends. They're just no. uh, my <laughs> personal opinion. Uh, like obviously, I'm not a doctor. It's just my personal opinion. Hmm. Uh, I think those there are people that. Um, well, I, I, so I got a friend who I honestly believe is depressed. And I also got another friend who says they're depressed. Uh, which I think they're not depressed, in my opinion. Friend number two? Friend number two is not depressed. Um, but friend number one, it really is depressed. Wow. And so... And, 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 and who I want, and are I'll, you? And I want to help them both. So I'm talking to my friend who really is depressed. Um, and... Um, and She's doing great. She's doing a lot better. But I told her like, um, I think to help with it. I told her like, uh, you have to find a routine, find a good routine. Yeah. Even if it's that like, hey, help. every day, I'm gonna wake up at this time. Like, ha- still having a routine. So there's something that you you're gonna have. Um, that is an activity that you have to do. Make it a routine. Um, then I would say be around. Not just be around people. But be around people that care about you. Mm-hmm. And be around family. Like being be around people that you feel safe with and you just you don't even have to talk about your problems but they know mm. like you they, they, they'll listen to you <clears throat> three is like what Travis said is eat healthy even if it's small things like even if it's like I'm just gonna eat for now I'm just gonna eat an apple a day that's something like be, if, if you if your body is healthy if your body feels <clears throat> good it's gonna really help with your mentality how you think things like um and fourth is Remember when he said he had Fine. two things? <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, yeah. I'm <laughs> sorry. Yeah, you're right. I did kind of go. David yes. should be um, a preacher. Seven. Uh, then I was, I think I would say is... In conclusion. Have a job that you enjoy doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's like, your dream job doesn't have to be a job that you enjoy, obviously. Like, mm-hmm. Chick-fil-A is not my dream job, but I do enjoy it. I, I wake up every day. I don't, I'm not like, oh, man, I have to go to work. But I enjoy Just doing real quick, this job. David, you said your dream job doesn't have to be something you enjoy. Is that what you meant? No, I'm sorry. A, your dream <clears throat> job, um, not working at your dream job does not mean that you can't, you can't find you enjoy your yeah, job. Totally. You yeah, yeah, Thank you. Yeah. So, um, and I said, if you don't do any Come. of that, you're not giving yourself a fighting chance. You have to give yourself a fighting chance because you, you have to try and fight it. Because if you, if you you just if you're not trying any of this, you're just totally going into defeat. Can I can I just uh, I just want to make sure because there's probably people like, you know, these guys nobody's even talked about Jesus yet. It's like I'm very intentionally waiting to mm-hmm. tie in my answers to like why I think that a secular version of you know the answer to those questions is not enough, and why I think mm-hmm. it has to mm-hmm. be you know a, a gospel approach to these things. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna talk about a movie. Um, not yet. This is what I want you to get your opinion on is that my friend number two, I believe, just has a bad routine. So when you, there's good routines and bad routines, obviously, but like if you, you think you're depressed because you have a bad routine, like a routine could be good or bad, but like if you can fix this routine, that's why, that's what's causing your depression. That's what's causing you to think you're depressed. It could very well be. I, don't, I wouldn't and, say is. You know, it definitely is the thing that's causing it. Right. But and I would say it can very well be linked. Right. And he could really, this person could really be depressed. And that's just, again, my just opinion. But like if you, but the routine you have is compared to the people that have, seem to have, aren't depressed. Like you're not, you're kind of doing the opposite of them. And you're kind of choosing that. And so you, and that's what's causing you to be depressed is because you're not 
trying to fix it. Is that my opinion on if when you have actual depression, um, it's not because oh like I'm sad sometimes or I don't know what to do with my life. No, depression causes that, and but it also causes the mentality. It causes mm-hmm. a burden on your body. Mm-hmm. And with I see with this person, it's not causing a burden on their body. It's not really they're still going out with friends. They're still going out and doing activities. When you're actually depressed, it causes you just feel like nobody likes you. Like I'm not going out. Nobody cares about me. I'm, I'm alone, and like it's causing a mentality and body home damage to you. Mm. And with this person who just has a bad routine, does not seem like it's causing mm. that damage. It, what it seems like a depressed <clears throat> person would. Mm-hmm. So I, I would just be careful not to, like, diagnose or to, you know, to say that definitely. I mean, I, well, no, that's why I'm not trying. I'm I'm with you. In that I think a lot of people who will now feel comfortable using the word depression, 50 years ago, they would have just said, I, I, I'm in a bad place, or like, I feel sad right now, or whatever, mm-hmm. instead of saying, like, I have depression. Like, there's this diagnosis, this thing that's, um, you know, it's, it's a chronic illness, you know, like, mm-hmm. I have... Um, Crohn's disease, or I have um, Tourette's syndrome, and so they would say I have depression, and it's like, well, what's what's wrong with just saying like I'm not in a good place right now, I'm feeling depressed, I am sad, and it's like, I I would be much harder on most people than I feel like they are on themselves, and so I get the the desire to say like, hey, snap out of it, you know, like just start waking up on time, get a routine, get some sunlight. Um, you know, drink a lot of water. Uh, what What's your job? Okay, well, do you like that job? If not, keep working that job. But like, let's maybe see about filling out an application a day, or or um, you know, even if if that's not the case, if and you do like your job, then let's see about you know what are the steps that you need in order to advance in that. It's like, okay, do you have a plan? Are you actually striving towards something, or are you just kind of coasting in this? Like, well, it's it's good enough. I I was listening to a podcast recently. And there's this paradox where it's um, a good way of pointing it out is like, uh, okay, I have a friend who lives a half a mile away, so I'll just walk, right? And then I have a friend who lives a mile away, so I'll drive. And I go the mile faster than I went the half mile because I drive for one and I I walk for the other. Not to say anything about the health of walking or driving or or who cares, okay? But the point is, some people have kind of sucky lives and it would be better for them if their life was worse because if their life was worse they would feel that pain enough to actually say you know to hell with this i'm i i gotta do something i gotta i gotta mm-hmm. talk to my boss he's treating me like crap or i gotta you know i gotta do something about my diet because i'm just like i i feel so wretched all the time and, and some people they just live in this malaise mm-hmm. of like you know a c minus lifestyle uh, or, or like a c minus feeling of life just in general and like if they were failing if it was like an f and you're you're Mm -hmm. you're constantly on the bad side of everything then you'd be like i gotta do something but because you're passing with that c minus you're like well it's good enough until something else Mm -hmm. something better comes along and so you just kind of rest in that and uh i i think that um the fact that a lot of let's say specifically americans um have their basic needs met and i'm not saying like oh we should you know throw everyone to the wolves and see who survives okay but i think that because a lot of people have their basic needs met it keeps them from uh it keeps them from asking themselves 
hey, what would it take for me to actually be happy, to, to be fulfilled? And I think mm-hmm. that, um, you know, meaning-driven labor is high on that list. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, there's, there's a couple things I wanted to throw out there, too, kind of on what David was asking uh, or talking about. I think the, the first is it, it can be, t- and I'm not saying that you were trying to diagnose, I'm not, I'm not saying, but I think that it can be very tricky because it can seem like, oh, this person is fine, they're just having a tough time because they're still going out. Um, there is such a thing as high functioning, there's high functioning mm-hmm. anxiety, mm-hmm. there's high functioning di- um, depression, high functioning alcoholism, where that person is not really exhibiting what you would see as a deeper issue because they've just gotten really good mm-hmm. at living with that problem on them. Um, I think the other thing that I would kind of throw out as as well um, is, and I'm not saying this for all depression, I'm just saying it's something that I think is interesting. Whenever like the concept of like depression or even just like sadness is brought up, our first kind of inclination is how do we fix it and get rid of it and get it to go away? Mm-hmm. And I think from a biblical picture, um, it's not always the, the, the answer of like, oh, well, the purpose that we need to do right now is to get sadness to be gone and be mm-hmm. happy constantly i think there's such a rich um tradition in scripture and um, writing in scripture of laments Mm -hmm. and that there are seasons of life maybe even long seasons of life where you're you have deep meaning you're working well and you're happy but you're also lamenting constantly Mm -hmm. um like more i I think there's a way that i think there's a way you can mean that where i would agree with it and then a way that a person could say that Mm-hmm. that I would not agree with it. But yeah. Keep going. But I just, I just think that the, the knee jerk <clears throat> of like, if someone is, is in a, like is, is having a really, or is, is really difficult or sad mm-hmm. or there's a, a tough time. And our first thing is like, well, we got to get past this and got to get, mm-hmm. you got to get better now. Or, you know, you know, the grieving process should be over by now because we got to get back to happy. Cause I kind mm-hmm. of like, I think in America, like the external happy showing like ecstatic all the time is kind of what we, treated as the norm and stuff saying like mm-hmm. people dip back and forth from mm-hmm. different rhythms and there are seasons but i was thinking like mordecai and uh esther um mm-hmm. they were living very productively and very meaningfully in persia but they are lamenting that they're away from home they're lamenting that their people mm-hmm. are about to, be genocided. In, about to be genocide and into the dispersion that they don't have a home that they're mm-hmm. living in that their temple's gone so they can that all those things can be true that they're happy and productive and having a good life, but still having that undercurrent of lamenting. Again, there's a lot of complexity there to unpack, like what Travis was saying, mm. because there is um, an ungodly form of mm. sadness and depression where it's just wallowing in self-pity. Um, that I, I like that phrase, like an undercurrent of... It's, it's like, okay, this is not the dominant theme of my life, but there is... Mm-hmm. Like, a, you know, even the, the planet itself groans, mm-hmm. you know, because it's like I'm... I'm I'm desiring something that I don't currently have. And so, yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Get on board with that. Something that I think <clears throat> I just touched on was you can um, have depression, and I think that is separate from being depressed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I don't think they are... Um, I, think, I think, you know... Yeah, because depression is a disorder, and then it's also just yeah. an emotion. Right. You know? Um, and so, <clears throat> you know, that and that like Daniel said, you know, you have high functioning levels of it and it's a really tough thing to look in from the outside. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a, a dear friend who I admire a lot. Um, and if you look at Thanks, his life man. from the outside, um, you're like, Hey, like that's like legit, like mm. great social life, super encouraging and uplifting guy. But when you sit down with him, he's like, I want to kill myself. 
Every oh, day. Wow. Mm. He's like, I struggle with it. And he's like, mm. and it's the, and like, and he, he says, it, he's like, it's the voice of God that pulled the gun out of my hand mm. and made me put it down. Wow. And he's like, wow. and I've learned to cope with it. And mm. he's like, I suffer from depression. And then like, and in little ways, like I've sat down, and I've looked at his finances and they are a mess. Mm-hmm. And it's something that if he was not actively battling his depression by coming and saying, like, help me, I'm drowning, mm. I would never have seen that. I would never have known that. Mm. Um, and so it, it's it's one of those things that I very much agree with you, Travis, that it's it's become very common to be like, oh, I'm depressed. Yeah. Okay, but, like, is that, like, chronic depression mm-hmm. that we're talking yeah. about? Or is this, like... Your Life died. sucks right now in yeah. this phase because, mm-hmm. you know, like you, if to continue your example, mm-hmm. my lights are going to be cut off in two weeks and mm-hmm. I just don't know, mm-hmm. you know? And, and so it's really hard. Um, and I, I do think that a lot of people will take the, the easy way and just be like, yeah, no, I'm, I'm just depressed. Mm. We don't need to devi- define that more. I'm just depressed. Mm. Yeah. Um, I, th- I think a good way of talking about depression clinically is kind of like when, when a person's life is sorted out and they still, yeah they can't shake it. Yeah. Well, um, and that's, that's the thing. Like, depression is you cannot be happy. In happy circumstances, yeah. you objectively can say, this is good, I should be happy. Yeah. But subjectively, I'm not there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. You know? It was something that you said I would... Um... I was like, man, like that's really good. Like one, two things. It's like one, he's, he seems like, it's good that he found someone to talk to, like you. Yeah. And that's that's big. That's really awesome, and that he's comfortable talking to you about that stuff and going to you. So that's, um, that's really awesome. Uh, I hope he's doing better. I don't know. Like he's, he's, you know, I'll, I'll, I don't I don't know how much you want to say. You know, I don't. I, yeah, I'm not gonna like dox him or anything like that. Um, but I will say like he is. A believer and he is an incredibly mm. strong person um, to just be going through that mm-hmm. um, and but I he has found um, his way of coping right. and you know it's a large part of that is just faith mm. um, you know and knowing that mm-hmm. you know but like even kind of going through like what you got like security purpose mm-hmm. work mm-hmm. you know he has uh, many if not all of those checked off um, and yet he still will be like, this was just a really hard week. Mm-hmm. Like, he's like, I hear that voice in my head mm-hmm. really strongly this week. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to do anything about it, but it is there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, and like, and it's, it's an open secret. And like, that's how he's able to succeed as well. It's just, uh, well. if we don't see him at church, it's like, hey, who's talked to him today? Why? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 I, um, hey, can we turn the AC on or is it broken? Not, <laughs> no, we don't run the AC in here, man. Not during podcasts. Yeah, let it go hot. <laughs> it um, is very hot. Yeah. That is the I best agree. line today. Yeah. <laughs> That's what really gets happiness yeah. is air conditioning. But just, Peter, um, I don't know if... We never run the AC. I don't know if you remember that. Because <laughs> yeah. I, I can see you're struggling, but I'm just saying, like, yeah. this is nothing new. I yeah. think you forgot. It's been a it while. has been a while. Yeah. It's been a little while. Um, During the summer? I, yes. Yeah. 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 I, like what you guys said, I, like, I, I, I never, I don't want to, um, 
make it sound like I'm diagnosing somebody at all. Like I, anyone who listens, I promise you, I'm not trying to diagnose anyone saying, oh, this person's depressed, or this person, or this is how you fix it. No, I just, like I said, it's my personal opinion what I think. Um, my question, now me and Eric have had this conversation, is do you think everyone has gone through depression in their lifetime? I mean, Eric, everyone is a very specific... Like everyone has gone through like has gone, act, like actual like clinical every depression adult, or like, every, like being depressed. Every adult has gone through both. Was, both? Absolutely not. Okay. Yeah. Have you? Okay. okay. Have you would now? Uh, what about? I think there are some people that haven't even gone through like being depressed. Oh, okay. yeah. I'd go with like, that. Yeah. Yeah. It, not if, many, but I think that there are. Yeah. In as oh, in wait, as that, much as I think. No one's, there's a person that's never gone through depression. Okay. Like as far as being depressed. Because yeah, I, th- I think that there's some qualifiers. One, I think that if you've never felt down, that might actually be a psychological disorder. It's like you're, you're manic. <laughs> yeah. And, but I, I get that there's a difference between. Okay, we've already talked about how there's a difference between having depression and being depressed. Okay. Then I would say there's also a difference between being depressed and being sad. Like mm-hmm. oh, yeah. I'm sad. Yeah. You know, my dog died or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, or I, I don't know. I don't know exactly how you draw the line, but it's like, oh, I feel sad in this moment because I heard about a sad mm-hmm. thing that happened in Canada or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, okay, but then being depressed, even if it's not clinical depression, I think it's fair to say, hey, maybe this, maybe something has to last like 48 hours before we call it like, you know, depression um, and instead of just like a dull moment, like a bad moment. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think maybe I would agree, okay, that there are people who have never gone through either. Um, but it's like, I think, I think to some extent, every, you know, neurologically normal person has gone Mm -hmm. through sad, Mm -hmm. but you know, well, so, all right. Cause yeah, I I think it's, I think, I think we're drawing a line where it doesn't belong, uh, because depression isn't, for me at least, isn't just feeling sad. Um, I think you can put in frustration and anger okay. into that yeah. Um, yeah. as well. And so that's why I'm saying I don't, I don't think there's ever been a person who's not experienced that. Negative emotion. Negative like all emotion. negative emotion. Yeah. Okay. And, um, and then how long it lasts and everything. I think for clinical purposes, you can... Yeah. Because then, you know, you got to diagnose and maybe prescribe medication, what have you. And there's different reasons, which we haven't uh, gone too deep yeah. into because there could be external reasons or internal reasons uh, for it. But I think that... Well, it's like even the difference between, like, when you, before you diagnose someone with, like, postpartum depression, you'd say, uh, has it been two weeks yet? And then once they once they say yes to that, once they say yeah, it's been two weeks, mm-hmm. stealthy. Uh, once it's, once they can say yes, it's been two weeks, and I've been feeling this way for two weeks, then they go, oh, okay, no, well now now I can write you a prescription, right? Because right. now you meet this criteria for, yeah. mm-hmm. and unfortunately, it's like there's a lot of money to be made in that. Yeah, 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 yeah. you know. Mm-hmm. So I would I, <clears throat> the way that, or bringing everything that I just brought in, I would say that everybody has. Um, experience that and i well, do that because i i think that people should have some sort of counseling in their life because one i don't think that you're always able to pick up on how serious or not serious an issue is and then uh two even if it's not a clinical depression you know i mean i don't, I don't think there's any problem I'm just trying to... so 
Because because um uh, we had talked about like so at first I'll I'll say um uh, it's like I I for me first I don't think I've ever felt well like clinical depression or depression that um Dan had um said and Travis you guys have said like there's a depression I don't think I've ever mm-hmm. dealt with any of that I felt very saddest of course but I've never had to deal mm-hmm. with any of that well I think if you're the one who said this I actually like this a lot you said wow. if <laughs> depression could be if something had happened to you and it changed the way that you think from that point on mm. then that would you say is depression because it changed well that can be well, something that, that happens during yeah, at least linked, linked to, to it. because you're you're <clears throat> you're running away from it or you're trying to numb yourself from mm. the depression right. that would that's where in. i would disagree on mm. um because like i me personally i don't think i'm running away from Anything. Um, sounds like someone running away. And that from sounds something. like someone would say from wanting well, away from things. Not a right, but to bring it back to Enneagram, your type does oh that. Oh my gosh. See, that's another sevens, I don't believe. Sevens do that. Come on, Dan. Back to oh, yeah, thing. lipstick the pig, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, is, that is a coping mechanism. Yes. I just don't believe that. Am I the only one not in this cult? <laughs> no, I'm not. I, I don't believe I in Enneagram. I don't, I don't know what a seven does or is. So. Okay. Well, but anyways, I I just because we've already Scorpio. brought, <laughs> but we already brought that. But so uh, for a couple yeah. instances, we brought that. Um, well, but all, two, okay. are you really? Because I know you're saying you, and I don't want to just talk about you if you don't really want to, because that's like I no, feel I like just a conversation between us. Because well, there are reasons why but, I would say that I think you are. Yeah. But I don't really want to say that. No, I mean, we, we don't uh, have to running away. We don't have to get into. It. I'm yeah. just like so quick, like. I'll just quickly, I think two good examples right. is, so like, when you're saying like, when the, if this happens and it changes the way you think or like stuff like that, is, so like all of you guys know this already, so when like when my brother had passed away, mm-hmm. that changed the way I thought about just people mm-hmm. in general, mm-hmm. in a better way, just like in a, I'm like, oh this person, like in, in, I'm in line for Walmart and the guy in front of me, could have had someone pass away. Mm-hmm. He's just mm-hmm. not. He yeah. had no idea what he's going through. Uh-huh. Yeah, and so yeah, thank you. Let's go with mindfulness. And so it just made me think of a lot. Wait, so I'm, I I feel like I used my lot slower angle. I'm a lot more patient with people, um, mm-hmm. and I don't think that's. I was sad for a couple of days, but didn't it change who I am. Like okay. it changed the way I thought on people. Yeah, but it didn't change. Okay, but if you were life. sad for a couple of days, would you say that you were depressed? I don't know. I think I was very sad and very like broken. But I was, I was able to be with people. Like be with. I was able to like lift my like not lift myself up because I wasn't like. But I was able to find happiness. Mm -hmm. I was able to continue my like Mm -hmm. even during those times. I was able to find some good in it. Mm -hmm. And I think that it is good. But this is it's because me. I think hope is a big like differentiator. Is like you know the the capacity. To still see, I'm not just saying like seeing a silver lining, but like seeing an end. Yeah. Seeing like okay, like there is, um, like God can be glorified. Yeah, in it. and that's exactly what I was saying. It's because at the end I was like, I have God. That I think it's being mm-hmm. a Christian. It's like right. I have but, God. But so, I don't think that depressed people don't see a silver lining or don't have hope. It's just how often is it the <clears throat> mindfulness of hope and how much is it desponding and despairing. Mm. I think that's where we're really drawing the line. That's why I say I don't think the line needs to necessarily be drawn mm. because with experience, like experientially, you're kind of, you're pretty much going through the same things. 
it's just that you know in this sense let's say yeah like um my girlfriend broke up with me well maybe i'm only experiencing sadness whereas mm -hmm. depression again this this may not be the case but like maybe you you experience more than just sadness but i would say that the sadness certainly isn't mm -hmm. unrelated to depression i don't think that you can say i was very sad but i wasn't i think that's just semantics honestly can you but can i think, you I think the, the, the whole thing is just you you've got to get it's somewhere precise because if you define if you define it as any negative emotion then then you're really not going to be able to actually get a lot of good progress because if i it, like 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 if you if i took the like we just brought up the enneagram if i took the enneagram and i said that every single number is something that a person has mm -hmm. and that's how i defined it yeah. so how are you going to find what your number is you know? because every that everybody fits that definition so i think that's one of the right. reasons why it's and, but it's, the toughest thing is that it is really hard to define because i think uh people are in my opinion like one of the most complex things in the universe uh -huh. i would say yeah yeah uh and so God. the the way we're studying them and like because I, I think we get really puffed up and we're like oh we've come a long way with psychology and with stuff and psychoanalytics and all of that uh and we can get really puffed up and we're still at like the very basic frontiers of mm -hmm. understanding a person mm -hmm. um from that from that point of view uh, and so it's basically, I think one of the toughest bits of whenever like we bring up like, what is depression? What does that mean? How does that look like? How does it shape where we have an equipment to take one single black and white photo of a three dimensional, constantly moving object yeah. that changes and moves yeah. and morphs. And we're looking at the photo mm -hmm. and saying, I think this is how this works. Mm -hmm. And then you get there, you meet, you know, like that and you're like, Oh, it was nothing like the photo I thought that I thought. Mm -hmm. So I think that's one of the difficult things with honing down what is depression and is yeah. this yeah. super sadness count does it not and i think when you get to the clinical levels they're they're talking about like not just despondency but like apathy mm -hmm. not able to get out of bed even though you want to mm -hmm. like there's just not the energy there and then from a um sub brain chemistry point of view of your receptors are not able to pull in yeah. the chemical that tells your body to be happy so it's kind of like you know losing a limb where it's like the the arm's there but the blood is not moving to it yeah mm. And no matter how much yeah, blood you put in, you put in, it's not going to the arm. I think I think another, like a good, a good way of thinking about depression is maybe not even so much a lack of positive emotion, as much as it is a lack of drive. Mm -hmm. Like people, people who are who talk about being depressed or maybe even who are clinically depressed, it's like that's a main thing that they're missing is is the the motivation to actually do something either about their situation, about their life, about their job, about their health, you know, whatever it is. And I, I, I think, um, I, I think this, this kind of goes back to the point of like community is one, you're right. It's not enough to take a photo. And so it helps to have people in your mm -hmm. life. Like, okay, David, I've known you for five years and I've seen you mm -hmm. go through, you know, the loss of a loved one. I've seen you go through the, you know, all these car mm -hmm. troubles and I've seen you go through, you know, getting a promotion at work. And, and mm -hmm. like, I've so because of my intimacy with you over a long period of time, I would be more helpful. Mm. On, honestly, like, again, I'm not trying to puff myself or anybody else up, but it's like, I think we would be more helpful at talking to David about a specific problem that he's going with than some licensed therapist mm. you know mm. i think i think in i think in the majority of situations it's like a person who's known you for the majority of your life and is willing to be honest with you is going to be better about those okay, things and can i just yeah real no, quick because i know you're gonna, go, so go, uh, this is just i guess an fyi that we talked about personally 
friend one and friend two. Why? Um, which I I don't know if you've kind of changed your mind because it sounds. I, like I you may did. have. Yeah, I have. Okay, so it. you do think like so. That's the thing is that you knew friend. You've known friend two for a long time, and you've even had to change your mind because you misunderstood what was going on there. And it's like I think that you could become so intimate with somebody that you will misunderstand or miss something. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I definitely agree. There's possibilities of misinterpretation on both ends, but I think that one person having a much broader data set to pull from... So what I would say is the only advantage... Is more well-equipped. Well, I would say that the... Obviously, the therapist uh, is going to make up for the, the, the missed data by asking questions and stuff, but the advantage they have is that they're... They're fine-tuned to break through the barriers that, whereas you as a friend may not be, just because you can't. So I, I'm not saying, like, we're, obviously, I know what, you're not What is this. the success rate of, let's say, therapy, of, let's say, uh, SSRIs, you know, being diagnosed, of of any antidepressant medication? Like, what, what do we think? What is the success? And I'm not saying I have a number in mind. But you're talking about medication? I'm talking about both. Well, you know, because it's like, okay, if we're going to talk about the difference between psychology and psychiatry, we can. But it's like, I think that I think that a lot of that worldview is tied up in itself. So it's like, I, I'll, what I'm saying is that a person who knows me better, even if my pastor had never gone to counseling classes, yeah. but he's a pastor, he's, mm-hmm. a, he's, a, he's a good qualified pastor, he's known me for eight and a half years, um, I would, I'd say that he is, especially if, you know, when we take into account the biblical worldview, it's like he's more well equipped um, to help me handle uh, distress, depression, um, the, maybe the loss of a loved one. I have to ask why. Well, I'd say one specifically because of the biblical worldview, but let's say that it's a Christian okay. therapist or a Christian counselor or okay. whatever it is that you want to say. I'd say that it largely has to do with his knowledge of me, his knowledge of the subject. He's not, and I get that a, a good therapist is going to ask clarifying questions and they're going to yeah. say, well, you know, how long have you known your wife? And, you know, what's the, um, tell me about your relationship with your mom. They're going to, they're going to yeah. ask those sorts of things. Yeah. Um, but in an hour, in, in, let's say an hour long session a week, uh, you know, over the course of six months, that person is not going to be able to give the care that a friend or a pastor would be able to give. Well, again, I, I think the purpose of a therapist isn't necessarily... Well, I, again, I guess I could be reading into what you mean by care. But, of course, there is a um, there is a benefit, obviously, to having a friendship. And uh, <clears throat> so, like, having a friend will bless you in ways that a therapist isn't. But mm-hmm. I think that a therapist is equipped to bless them in ways a friend isn't. That's... To me, so it's like, I don't think it should be necessarily either or, and I don't think that that's necessarily the intention of what you're saying, that it's an either or, but I certainly wouldn't be comfortable saying that a friend or a pastor, for mm-hmm. instance, would, uh, might be a better solution. Um, when, when you talk to a friend who has depression or would say they have depression or whatever, yeah. how long do those conversations, when, when they're beneficial, how long do those conversations last? I mean, I would say at least an hour. I'd I'm, say not, if, I'm not. I'm not saying it couldn't be longer. I'd say if they're if they're really deeply rooted and beneficial, yeah. they're usually way longer than that. Yeah, and, I, I, and I, from both youth and adults, the main, not complaint, I guess, but like the main, um, let's just say complaint for now, that they wind up having with therapists, psychologists, if you want to say uh, psychiatrists or like behavioral cognitive therapists, you know what, whatever yes. school of thought is that. Man, I feel like I'd get 
45 minutes into the session and then we're just getting like they they want to ask about my week and it's like okay but we only have i'm only in here for an hour or for 90 yeah. minutes or whatever and we just get to the good stuff and then it's like okay well let's put a pin in that and let's let's circle back around to that next week and and here's here's a thing for you to do and then come back and it's like and, and these are licensed therapists these are licensed counselors in some cases they also prescribe medications but for the most part i'm what i'm talking about is very much like talk therapy yeah. and so it's like these are people that you're very much like paying for their labor an hour at a time which i'm not saying that's unfair um but uh I, i'd say that maybe one of the main ways that that can benefit you of going to a therapist is because you feel like you have someone with whom you don't have to keep up a reputation maybe and so you're willing to be honest about x y or z but it's like man i would hope that with your real friends or with your pastor you dude the more you try to keep these walls of appearances up you're only you're only hindering that person's ability to help you yeah um but i mean i i talk with people for like four hours sometimes no and, and i know that and i think that i mean it's true I've, I've had those types of conversations um well, can I say one thing? Yeah. I think the benefit of some people think going to therapy would be better is because let's say the friend is dealing with this stuff. He he might think, oh, these friends, what I'm going to say, these friends are going to judge me for going to therapy. This guy does mm -hmm. not know me at all. So I can just say whatever I want and let it all out. But and I hope no none of my friends think this when they talk to me. But I could see it happening saying, oh, I don't want David to judge me because like, of this and so i don't want to let everything out of him because he mm -hmm. might judge me he might think different about me all this stuff mm -hmm. but with someone a complete stranger heck i could do what like i can let it all out i mean i, I, so think, I think that's yeah, one, so, one of the reasons yeah i think that no matter what it it this is tied to how much you're willing to cooperate yeah. with mm -hmm. the person right how much how are you willing to divulge to your friend or to a therapist mm -hmm. um <clears throat> i've seen both uh therapists talk to friends mm -hmm. i've i've talked to pastors i've dealt with depression for a long time in my life for different mm -hmm. reasons um and i i don't see the, so like a benefit from talking to a christian friend or a pastor is is that you guys share the same worldview like that's gonna mm -hmm. benefit you a lot whereas uh i mean you could have a christian therapist but again they're not so much just going to be like doing that kind of counseling like well let's let's look at ecclesiastes and see what it says or, or anything like that what what they're trained to do is kind of deal with the the conscious mm -hmm. conscience the the mind and how it might work and how maybe uh typical behaviors of people blocking things or certain signs and i'm like look i went to, to college to be a pastor i didn't learn we didn't learn that in pastoral classes i had to take for my major I had to take some counseling classes but that comes from that side of things and and i agree like they're not always really the same worldview I've, mm -hmm. I've had discussions with that but it's like that's that's why i would say like i'm not uh because there's abuse on either side of that like there are therapists who are like i'm just gonna milk this so mm -hmm. i can keep getting you coming back a pastor might just be like oh uh well that's just a demon so let's hold you down and mm -hmm. whatever and it's like well i, I <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> right so it's like it, it could be either way like um mm -hmm. but I just think that I wouldn't discount therapists and just say like a friend will be uh, better because even as a friend, I've I am in currently now dealing with, with with somebody who's got super unhealthy uh, practices, mindset, all this stuff, and it's like I know that I'm not going to be able to 
really unlock that and that's partly on on them mm -hmm. because again it's how much you cooperate but uh i just i think that ha if they go to <clears throat> therapy mm -hmm. um i don't know if they're gonna need medication i don't mm -hmm. I'm not like i'm skeptical about medication but maybe that is something that can help um it's like yeah, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't tell them not to or, or anything. Yeah, I'm not I, saying that you're yeah, saying not to, correct. but I wouldn't. Yeah. I wouldn't uh, say like, hey, you know, just if they were bringing it up to me, like I think I'm gonna go to therapy. Like, well, just be aware. It's like, yeah, I mean, there are things to be aware of, but I don't think that you're gonna lose anything necessarily right off the bat by going to a therapist. I think they're gonna be able to hit it in a way that I'm just not trained to. I don't think pastors are really uh, trained to, and. Sorry for taking so much time, but like I wanted to go back to, to the way that you were talking about friend number two and thinking maybe it was a routine. Mm -hmm. And it's like it, it depends on the person. And maybe you don't realize this because we're all biased. We all think everybody thinks that <clears throat> we do. But so, for instance, I've had trouble with routine in my life and it mm -hmm. all has to do with depression, because unless I have a meaning behind the routine, then I'm never really going to I'm going to do the routine half hearted. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So yeah. it's like hard to get. But if I have meaning then it's like the routine becomes something more than just simply routine. You know what I mean? So it's yeah, like, it that's, depends on... That's something with the that, the spectrum of people. Right. Because mm -hmm. to some, routine is freeing and mm -hmm. joyful. And like, I, I'm not talking about like order or structure. Like we all want structure. Mm -hmm. That's all. Like, I'm talking about like routine. Like right, right, right. I brush my teeth at this time. Then I do this. Then I do this. Mm -hmm. Some people find that freeing and just enjoyable. And it's like their life is rich. Other people, when you apply that same thing to their life, that's what causes them to be depressed. So I think that's the difficulty is yeah. that everyone's a little bit different. Right. Um, and But I think one thing I, I might run out of time before we have to pause this, but like one of the things <laughs> I want to talk about about uh, psychology, because there's a lot I have to say about that. Because mm. um, overall, I'm like, I think there is a lot of helpful stuff. There's a ton of right. helpful mm -hmm. stuff. And, and seeing a therapist can be immensely helpful. Yeah. Um, so probably that. But I think sometimes we can see it as this silver bullet. Right. We can go into it thinking it's a silver bullet. Right. Of like, I go to this therapist, and in two weeks later, I am cured, and I am, like, <laughs> the best person ever. Um, and I think seeing it like, if we, if we view therapists like a doctor's office, where I go in and they give me a prescription, when we do that transaction, it's not just that we're doing something wrong or, like, thinking about it wrong. Um, we're not doing it in a way that therapy is set up. Because it's it, they're not there to diagnose you in like the hardest sense mm -hmm. of like, this is what you have wrong. Here's the magical pill to fix it. Uh, the most effective form of talk therapy by all the studies, the most effective form of therapy and the most lasting form of therapy Shocked. is oh. is talk therapy, not diagnosis based therapy. Mm -hmm. Which the method of that when they train you to do that, um, from the very little bit of that I was trained to do and that I know about, is has nothing to do with the therapist. Mm -hmm. the, th if the the best most successful ways when the therapist and what they're trying to do is, is what, what a good therapist is trying to do is get out of the room and just have you talk to you. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That's what's most effective. So that's why it's like, uh, if they're going to be probably the quickest ones to be able to get there and that might be what you need. Um, mm -hmm. but a good friend who's a good listener can also get you. That's yeah. what I'm saying. Like, yeah. Yeah, uh, listen, that, yeah, such an underrated. Yeah. And I, I yeah. feel like it, I suck mm. at that, like in so many ways. And that's the, cause that's the first, just kidding. Oh. I just wanted to uh. feel better. Because that's the that's the first lesson that they teach you. Like when you start to go towards counseling, it's like the first thing they teach you is how to listen to somebody mm. and regurgitate back what they said. Because a lot of times 
people yeah. find their problems. Oh, yeah. yeah. And then they're like, that's where I need to get started. And yeah. then all the counselor can do from there is recommend and say, hey, here are some steps. Mm -hmm. Maybe try this. And oftentimes, I think kind of to Travis's point, um, from my experience with talking to um, counselors and having gone through um, counseling, oftentimes their suggestion is, hey, go spend time with your friends and talk about these problems. <laughs> Um, is legitimately, is, is legitimately <laughs> like, that's the, that's the recommendation. Um, <laughs> hey, you need friends. Yeah. yeah, you don't, you don't need yeah I, I won't be a friend, but you need friends. <laughs> you should just imagine some friends. But, so for, so for me, I do think that for some more lesser lying things, it's really good to have that community, that friendship. But for, uh, so it frees up psychologists like, and psychiatrists for major line issues, um, like, uh, Paranoid schizophrenia. I'm I'm a I'm gonna chime in and, and just say Travis, I I think I disagree with almost every single point you make. Yeah, buddy. In, in in like the I made sure not to speak because I was angry about mm. almost every single point you made. That's depression. And, not denial. And, no, mm. no. What it is is it's gonna get people killed. Like, and I and I sincerely mean that. Mm. Um, like, 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 I, I very much felt like you straw manned depression and then was like, friends can fix it. And I'm like, and, and like, specifically, like when you're talking about like data, like they have the larger data set. I, I almost jumped out of my seat cause they don't, they wow. have the large, like you might know me better, but you are going to also feed into me versus somebody who, Hey, you know what though? Like this is. Like, what you're facing is depression, or what you're facing is just, like, you are in a moment of depression. Or maybe you're, like, bipolar, and you are depressed in your manic depressive state. And so, like, going to friends, like, I, 100%, there's value there. I would never say it's more valuable than seeking somebody that can, that knows what they're doing. Because, like, even with my friend who I know him well, and he's been in incredibly open and, and, you know, positive throughout the experience. There's what I am doing for him is not keeping him alive. <laughs> it has not been teaching him the maneuvers and the methods to cope. It has been maybe, imp I, I would hope, improving a, a one small facet of his life, but it is not what is driving him to seek help. It is not what's driving him to cope. It's not what's driving him to understand himself better. Um, and and to, and so, yeah, like, I just, I so, and I'm not saying that, and I, I don't want you to think that I'm trying to straw man you by being like, Travis just thinks, like, rainbows fix everything. I'm not saying that at all. But I, I do strongly <laughs> want to say that, like, what you advised, while helpful, is so far from the better treatment. And I think the first response, if, if any doubt of like, hey, maybe I'm depressed, the first response sh should probably be a professional. Um, hmm. Just again, like, because I, I mean, like, I mean, I mean, I remember like my teenage angst years were like, I was not clinically depressed or suicidal, but depressed. Mm -hmm. And my mom just being like, all right, buckle up, you know, bootstrap this, mm. stop, choose to be happy. And I'm like, I can't, I'm 
does that mean? I'm not saying that um, you can choose to be happy. No, no, no. And I'm not, I'm not saying you yeah. are. But I'm just saying, like, that was coming from a parent, mm-hmm. you know? And then other friends that are, all, you know, that, you know, are also morons. Um, and going like, hey, uh, <clears throat> what do you have to be sad about? Or, well, like, you're really sad right now. Like, let's go to, like, Dave and Buster's. Like, on me. Like, you like video games, right? Like, that'll improve it. Mm. And it's like, it's the blind leading the blind, you know, versus mm-hmm. a trained individual that's going to say, like, hey, you know what? Like, you should go talk to friends. That is the solution to this situation. Or, hey, this really powerful drug that's going to change your brain chemistry, that's what you need to be on before you eat a bullet. And mm-hmm. so, yeah, like, I... Yeah. Oh, yeah I, hang on. Let me, yeah, let me respond, respond, but I do, I do want to um, hear what you have to say. I'd say um, a, a couple things... One, if your friends are morons, like your friends are morons because they're us, then, you know, not necessarily the best uh, advice. I'm, I'm not, again, I'm not saying that people shouldn't seek, you know, the, the help of a psychologist, therapist, maybe a psychiatrist. Um, when you say the thing about, like, you know, it, it's going to cost lives or it's going to kill people, I know there's a selection bias that's probably at work here, but it's like, okay, let's look at the suicide rate of people who are plugged into communities of friends versus community you know people who wind up seeking therapy psychology um psychiatric help which again there's a selection bias because people who go to those they have you know preconditions and um a lot more people have friends than just that subgroup um so yeah what, what i'm saying when i say that they have a better data set is not that they're more adept at diagnosing paranoid schizophrenia or manic depressive bipolar disorder or you know specific things like that that are very rare um but that they know you as a person and and i'd say like uh again i'm not saying that you have to choose only one or the other but if you have a pastor um like and, and if you have friends who've known you for years and again if they're if they're friends that you've known for years and you're all just blowing smoke up each other's butts anyway and trying to make each other feel great and high-fiving each other and not calling each other out on your stuff, then, um, like, I, I agree, but then I don't think those are the best types of friends. Granted, that might be the only type of friends that some people have, and so they might be in trouble if they only seek that type of help. Um, but yeah, the, the chief... The, the main thing is, I do feel like... And, hey, for whatever... Uh, disclaimer I have to put on this like don't come to me for medical advice but no industry has failed its audience more than the uh, psychiatric industry um, if a weatherman got as many people killed as I'm not I'm not saying all therapy you know all that kind of stuff but if, yeah. if weathermen were as responsible for as cataclysmically high of a death toll as I don't even know what umbrella term we want to use for everybody in that profession, but it's like that people would see right through and they're like, we don't even need to have weathermen. Okay. So, so I'm, I'm, so here's, yeah, I, I, I still disagree with you because, mm-hmm. uh, so, I mean, again, you, you are giving for selection bias, but I think even within that, like so much of psychiatry or, or, you know, mental health, is last resort and so much of it is stigmatized well like i'm okay i'm okay enough i got friends my friends you know like exactly Mm. 
And and so, yeah, like, oh, well, what if psychiatrists, like, like, look how many people kill them? Because it's a last resort, right? Like, like what if we were talking <clears throat> about physical health the way we're talking about mental health? And I think an easy example is, and I think this is going to maybe light some fires, hopefully not in the room, but COVID, where it's like, look at how many people listen to uh, their, their social circles about physical health regarding COVID and died versus sought the professional help of doctors and serve and those uh, many of those survived disproportionately or how and then how many times have we not heard the story of like oh well like they went to the doctor yeah after they were like their o2 saturation was 12 like there's no there's no coming back from that and so like like if and i look at mental health the same way like well, look at how many people have died under the care of a psychiatrist. But at that point, their life has fallen apart. They they they're, they're, they don't have a job because they've been depressed. They are eating like junk and they are morbidly obese and they have all these other health complications because of the mental health driving them to this. Now they're in psychiatry, which is supposed to help them, and there's no solution because they're so far gone that it's just better to jump off a bridge. You well, know, like, so I, I, think, I think there's issue there. And again, like... I agree that, like, coming here is therapeutic, I think, to all of us in the room. Mm. Okay, maybe not David, who's shaking his head. I mean, you know, there's, there's a way to use... Him. He's a liar. Denial. I told you, denial. <laughs> there's but, a way to use that word that I'd agree with. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Like, like, it's not snapping us out of, you know, anything clinical, but it, it's relieving and it's helpful. But I still think the 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 dialogue here should be first and foremost like friends help sure pastors can help absolutely like faith is integral yes but there are trained like like mental health is health and so why why are we not going to mental health professionals to take care of our mental health mm -hmm. like when like there are like how many times you hear like hey if if you have like a cough like, take off of work and go to the doctor. Like, like get yourself checked out. Like, like if you were cut and bleeding, I don't want you to come to me first. I want you to go to a doctor and be like, hey, does this need stitches? Mm -hmm. You know? If you're like, I'm just depressed lately, uh, I'm going to, like, not address it. Or I'm going to see if, like, my, what my friends have to say. It's like, no, like, let's address that. And so, again, like, and that's what I mean. Like, I don't, I don't want to sit here and lambast you and, like, Travis is a murderer you know, or Travis, the advice, like, like, but that, that, the general dialogue surrounding that is what gets people killed because it stigmatizes mental health. I would say, mm. I would say there's a couple things that, and I mentioned this earlier, uh, if you went to a psychologist or a psychiatrist and asked them if they were a hard science, they would say no. So likening a psychiatrist to a doctor, yeah. um, they would not put themselves in that position. Uh, I think that is a very popular thing that's being talked about right now, because I think but we... But it it's not a hard science, but it is a science. It's a soft science. Sure. Theology is a soft science. Sure. Um, so, to me, it's like, they're both equal. Not equal, but they're both... They're like Neither one is like, oh, <laughs> let me go one for one, this is going to be like... Conclusively... Yeah. What, but what I want to what I want to kind of focus in on there is, because I also don't agree that it's stigmatized. I think 
um, it's what it's, it's stigmatized in stigmatized. any way in American culture right now. I think <clears throat> it is super popular to talk about uh, psychiatry. Since, since when? Since ten years ago. Yeah. I actually very but recently heard what, this. Yeah, what, absolutely. Okay, so so for someone who's in his thirties, mm -hmm. it's been like like it's still stigmatized. Like maybe not currently, but it's been stigmatized for so long. Mm -hmm. Less now than ever, though. Sure. Yeah, and sure. The, I, so I, I'm more open the, to the concept. I think the of study it. was that over the course of ten years, I think it was like 2007 to 2017. If you were to ask um, people in their twenties. Uh, uh, in 2007, um, would you, I forget what the exact question is, which is gonna, you know, mm -hmm. hinder this, but it was like, uh, would you seek, um, would you seek therapy if you felt like you needed it? 14% said yes. Mm -hmm. And then in 2017, it was 91% said yes. Mm. So I'd say it's never been less stigmatized mm -hmm. than now, but now, okay, mm -hmm. let's look at the depression, suicidality, uh, not just suicidal attempts, but actual uh, successful, or, or not just suicidal attempts mm -hmm. or self-reported suicidal ideation, but actual mm -hmm. uh, suicides. It's like, it's not better now than it was 10 years mm -hmm. ago. And I'm not, I'm not trying to paint the entire field in a negative light mm -hmm. because I think that the right way, like when we say psychology, we're talking about the study of the mind. And I think that the study of the mind done rightly is the study of the mind done biblically? Mm -hmm. And that doesn't mean that we're not going to incorporate, mm -hmm. you know, diagnoses of, well, the Bible doesn't say anything about um, schizophrenia or, or mm -hmm. you know, manic depression or, or whatever. It's like, I, you know, the Bible doesn't say anything about influenza, but that doesn't mean that it's not biblical to incorporate, you know, germ theory of disease mm -hmm. or, or virology. Um, so it's like, I, I would say that in as much as you have people thinking biblically and deeply, and, mm -hmm. and again, I think that knowledge of the individual is paramount. Mm -hmm. Because it's like, if, if I know all of these general studies that have to do with, uh, you know, the, the effect of a uh, two-parent household on a person's psyche, or, or the effect of, you know, if, if I know all of these general studies, that, that can be really helpful, mm -hmm. but it's not going to give me as much relevant data as knowing this individual and knowing them f over the course of 10 years and, and mm -hmm. watching them lose a loved one and get a promotion mm -hmm. and get married and, you know, watch their dog die, you know, those Aww. sorts of things. So it's like, uh, um, uh, again, like the, the main thing that I would say I'm, I'm differentiating here is especially with a pastor, um, now hopefully, you know, you have a pastor, maybe not the, the executive pastor, or whatever at your church, but like you have a pastor or a life group leader or whatever um, that you're plugged in well with and you trust their spiritual leadership, they have a deep knowledge of the scripture and uh, that's going to inform them. Um, not saying that, not saying to never seek, let's say specifically psychiatric help, which mm -hmm. would involve the, the um, prescribing of drugs. Mm -hmm. um, but I, again, uh, it is a field and I'm I'm not I I know the the I know the what's the word the um gosh why am I dumb what are you saying I, oh the stigma I know the stigma yeah. of saying what I'm about to say yeah. and seeming like I'm stigmatizing the entire uh, field but it's like man it seems like the more that we give ourselves over to very currently popular theories of psychological health 
the more our teenagers kill themselves. Mm. And uh, oh, the, there's there's more going mm. to therapy now than there was. And I know correlation is not equal to mm -hmm. causation, but At it's all. like most uh, most people who are licensed therapists, licensed clinicians, licensed uh, psychiatrists, psychologists are not going to be talking to people from a biblical worldview. Mm -hmm. So if you do... I definitely encourage you to go to a, a therapist who's approaching it from a biblical worldview. Can yeah, so, so can I can I finish on the second one? Oh yeah, yeah sorry. No, 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 you're good. I just because um, I want to make sure, like, because um, I, I, again, it's like when I'm thinking through in my head of like the things I'm going to say, I'm like, it's going to sound like I'm saying against. I'm not saying against. I think uh, the <clears throat> the main thing that I would point out, like we point out of, of is. Right now, there's a lot of talk about this as being, like, a silver bullet. Like, you go to mental health, you're all better, everything's better, you saved a life. Uh, but I think what we have to remember is that things take time, uh, and that it's a very new field. Uh, so we've been practicing, there, as, as humans, we've been practicing medicine since, I think, what was it, 1000 BC. Psychology is, what, less than 100 years old? Maybe about 100 years old? It's brand new. It is it is brand new from a global historical perspective. It has just barely started to prove itself as an actual science. Um, but I think one of the important things to remember is that what is it, less than I think less than sixty years ago, seventy years ago, one of the solutions that psychologists, like the actual professionals who are studying things, one of their solutions to help you was to stab you in the brain and kill right. a sphere of your brain. Yeah. That was not that long ago. So again, I'm not saying you need to mistrust. I'm just saying to say these group of people have it all figured out is not the right thing. To say <laughs> these group of people can help, I think is good. And to say that they have studied and devoted their lives to it, yes, absolutely. But to say these people can solve it, period, I just, which I don't, I don't see any reason to be that confident. But what, so what, the, the main reason I'm bringing all this up is I think that the the only like one of the strongest disagreements I had with what you had said is to say that Wait, what, said? Uh, Miguel had said is that the first thing you need to do is go see a medical professional. Mm. No, um, because it is it is a uh, a lot smaller of a majority of people that actually need to have diagnosed therapy um, and are, are having those major problems. It is a very rare thing. So to say that every single person on the planet needs to go to as therapy a as a first resort to hard emotions that they're feeling. Um, I think the the other thing about that is everyone cannot do that because it costs money to go to these people. So to say, oh, everybody needs to go to therapy is really easy to say, but everyone can't just afford to go to therapy. But everybody can afford to go to a pastor or a friend. That's free. They're not charging for their services. They're not charging to listen to you. Um, things like Suicide Hotline are not charging you to listen. Mm -hmm. So there are resources that I would go to. I'm not just talking about pastors. I'm saying there's a lot of resources you can go to. But to say that you need to go to a clinician and get diagnosed when you're having a hard time dealing with grief or when you're having a hard time dealing with anger or sadness, I think is overstating the case. I'm not saying you shouldn't. I'm not saying... People need to go earlier because last resort can be detrimental. I'm not saying I disagree with that. I'm saying to say that everybody, the first sign of a problem with mental health needs to immediately go to a, a mental health person. I think that's unrealistic and unnecessary. Sure. And and I will, I will agree that like, hey, I'm sad that my girlfriend breaking up with me mm -hmm. should not be a run to mm -hmm. um, 
a psychologist or psychiatrist. Betterhelp.com. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I do think that if it be, that if it's, and when I say an <clears throat> issue, I don't mm-hmm. necessarily want to jump to the extreme of like, mm-hmm. I'm going to stalk her and murder her, mm-hmm. or I'm going to kill myself. Mm-hmm. But it, it, sh- but when I say to the extreme of like, hey, I can't shake this, mm-hmm. then yeah, go get uh, <clears throat> help. And when I say help, I don't necessarily just mean someone that ends in ist. I mean mm-hmm. suicide hotline. I mean okay, good. betterhelp.com. Good, good. That makes sense. Uh, I, not a sponsor. Good, that's good. Um, uh, not yet. You know. Uh, you know institutions like that mm-hmm. um where they are trained and not mm-hmm. every sometimes. pastor is trained sometimes um, so, yeah well and and there is more of a push to now that there is a a, a three-digit suicide hotline yeah. um you know there's more push towards yeah. that and i think that's the right way to go mm-hmm. um in terms of your thing of not everyone can afford it uh yeah you're absolutely right and i am a <laughs> i am a Huge proponent of healthcare should be absolutely affordable. Um, Socialist, but we won't get on that. Um, I hate health. <laughs> you know, in terms of so, like, in terms of talking about like the stigma stigmatization of healthcare. You know, I, I started to to talk about it. Like, like in the past ten years, it's not been stigmatized, mm-hmm. but ten years of destigmatization doesn't undo generations of stigmatization. Mm-hmm. Like, if you were to be like, hey, Miguel, like, is it okay to get therapy? Yeah, absolutely. If you're like, hey, Miguel, why don't you go get therapy? I'm like, yeah, sure, um, mm, uh, mm-hmm. okay, well, uh, mm-hmm. it's a good idea, but, like, mm-hmm. could I bootstrap it like my mama says? Mm-hmm. You know? I like, mean, we as a human race have done that for millennia, and we're still here. Right. So, like, there was not catastrophic amounts of death that we, like, wiped out as a species because our mental health wasn't being addressed. Sure, but I also think... We had community. That feeds perfectly into my next point, where Travis said... You know, teens are still killing themselves at, at not, higher. Yeah, I was gonna say at, not just still at, at, at higher but, rates. Yeah. Um, but again, I, I think there's so much more impacting our mental health than 20 years ago. No. And oh, absolutely. No. And I think I think no. Even, I think we whine about it more. I don't think no. it's No. No. I, no. I, no. Absolutely. Well, not. can I just say something Please. real quick? Um, I think that if the standard by which we're you know, because I do agree yeah. that we have gone as a species for mm-hmm. a long time ago, um, the modern mental health. But I, now this is maybe just an experience from my family, but I think that this was actually a more common experience mm-hmm. than, than just that. And I think that while maybe uh, more people were not killing themselves, um, I think there were more unhealthy people mentally. Uh, my family, for instance, mm-hmm. had to constantly deal with mm-hmm. uh, females back in Colombia um, mm-hmm. having to worry to be being raped by family members. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you were, you couldn't talk about it. And mm-hmm. and that goes the same thing for males. I mean, who would talk about that kind of stuff? So mm-hmm. I do think that since it's such a new science, yeah, I don't think it's 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 easy for us to really go back in time and see just yeah. how healthy there's yeah. not, there's not really data. And, yeah. And I want to, I want to, I want to go back to, yeah, I don't want to the, the glorify teen, the past. The, the, the teen <laughs> statement where you think that we just whine about it more. No, like, I mean, obviously like have teens been comparing themselves to each other for, you know, all of time. Sure. Absolutely. But has the ability to compare yourself from the 20 other people in your village compared to the 200 other people in your school compared to the 
thousands of other people on the internet no. increased. Millions. Millions. Well, yes. Millions. Yeah. Because it's like, I but, am not as successful as this Kardashian right. or whatever, or, and therefore my worth mm-hmm. as a human. Or even, or even is, you know, in, in teens, and, and I think maybe, Travis, you could shed some, some light on this. Um, I have nieces in, in middle school. Maybe she's in high school now. But she had... Um, I don't want to say too much. She had some very serious concerns that caused her to need assistance in worrying about uh, school violence. Mm. And I'm not talking about just school shootings, which, I mean, is a very easy and mm. obvious mm-hmm. one in terms of, you know, some schools you have to wear a clear backpack, you mm-hmm. don't have lockers anymore, metal detectors at the door. Like, all that is way more prevalent. We're not just whining about it. It's mm. experience. Oh, I'm not life. saying that's not there. I'm just saying you cannot prove that historically those people did not have a hard enough time as you do now. Oh, I mean, sure. So I, I, it, at the very least, you could say it's different. I think, I think the size of your world multiplying by incredible factors is an easy enough thought experiment to say, yeah, we have yeah. more worries now than we did a hundred years ago. There's, there's because a saying. My, like, the world is so, like, in your little <clears throat> town in, in, in Europe in the 40s, and it's like, oh, there's an entire world war going on mm. all around me, but no shelling has hit me, and the, mm. the, the radio hasn't told me to worry, so I'm good. Versus yeah. now that it's like, well, uh, you know, they're, they're still fighting in the Middle East, and Indian Palestine are not getting along. Mm-hmm. Sorry, not Indian Palestine. India and no, Pakistan. Is, is, oh, Pakistan. Pakistan. Thank you. Okay, uh, Israel, Israel, Israel and Palestine. Israel and Pakistan. You know yeah. what? No, just, no, I got them all mixed no, up there. Okay. You know, like countries that's that start all with And you know what? Like, Putin's <laughs> talking about like yeah. nuclear war, and maybe he will, maybe he won't. Yeah. Like those are all like your world has exploded yeah. from there, and so like there's so much more concern there. Yeah, and. And I think, uh, so there's a, there's something that, that Joe Rogan says from time to time, which is like, I know he's not a philosopher or anything, but mm-hmm. I actually think this is really helpful. He says, the worst thing that's ever happened to you is the worst thing that's ever happened to you. And so if you're living in 1870 yeah. and it's like, oh, my baby sister died of winter last year. <laughs> like it was winter. And so understandably we lost mm-hmm. a bit. It's like, that's the worst thing that's ever happened to you. And so it's like, that's the thing that's going to put you on your face. And if you're a if you're a 16 year old girl in a in a modern American high school, and the worst thing that's ever happened to you is you know a girl that you really look up to yelled at you and called you a slut in front of the student body, and it's like now you go home and like you weep and you cry. Mm. It's like it really is the worst thing that's ever happened to you. And it's like sure that guy from 1817 or whatever I said 70 uh, can say like well your life is in it, and objectively sure, but it's like. Our brains almost don't care but, that oh, yeah. objectively that guy's life is worse. Yeah. It's like I'm feeling this with the with yeah. the weight of like my world has come crashing down. Yes, mm-hmm. but in current times it is that plus fifty other instances of the world coming crashing down versus a hundred years ago or fifty years ago. Oh, I got called a slut in front of the entire school. That sucks, but. Uh, I'm oblivious to global strife. I'm oblivious to world hunger. I'm oblivious to all these other things that still also weigh down. Yeah, so, I, like, if you talk yeah. to someone, they're not like, hey, this mm. one instance, like, like somebody who, who wants to kill themselves, is not like, this one instance alone mm-hmm. is going to be the thing that 
does it. It's hey, this sucks yeah. and this sucks it's and this sucks. Constant exposure yeah. to to large scale mm-hmm. negative news because that's what gets clicks. That's what gets views. But if also, don't tune in our minds don't process that the same way. Correct. Right. That's that's so why I'm saying that's it's what, almost like a wash yeah. between these things because it's because like you're not go, it, it, you I, don't, like when you I'm, lay on I'm a missing something when here. you lay on a bed of nails. Sure. You know how none of the nails pierce you, but you lay on one nail, you get stabbed in the back. Yeah. So when 50 world events all go, they all delude themselves of the seriousness of yeah. it. That's what, it's it's morose, but it, or, or morbid, but it's what Stalin talked about, about how one death is a tragedy, a billion, or a million deaths is a statistic. Right? Well, Your mind and doesn't process what, what millions. I meant, what I meant by that is not like, oh, so it's not as bad. What I meant mm. is... To that person. Well, what I meant is like, Relatively. even if you're hearing a hundred stories, mm-hmm. it doesn't feel a hundred times as worse. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, because but, of that delusion. I'm not saying it doesn't feel worse. Yeah. I, I, know, I know, I'm not... Under like the nail example is great, except for the fact that I think we're I, I, the, the, not, not that the analogy falls apart. One terrible thing is a terrible thing, absolutely. But then you can also say like, hey, objectively, there's these good things, you know, versus a hundred terrible things, and then objectively you go, yeah, but then there's these ten good things, or and and mm. what is it that one one bad experience is worth 10 good experiences. Yeah, the hedonic so, treadmill. So, mm-hmm. again, you know, 100 nails might not kill you, but it's easier when you have, you know, a, a, a few bright spots and only one problem versus a million reasons mm-hmm. to die and only a few bright spots. And I think by that argument, I would argue that it's harder to live in the ancient world than now because we have so much more comfort, so much more good things, so much more rays of sunshine than they did. And I think yet... saying, like, global catastrophes in the news is one thing, but I'm saying... More than just disaster news, like yeah. your entire lifespan of going through being like, I don't have to worry about being chased and mauled by a lion that does not exist in this area. I don't yeah. have to worry about famine, which is something I've not, not just that I've never experienced, that I've in no, that no one in my history of my family has ever experienced, right. that I don't even really understand what the word means. Right. That's a whole different level of thing. So I'm, I'm not saying that people aren't suffering or people aren't having the problem. I'm saying it's kind of nonsensical to say that people in the past were like easy breezy perfect and nowadays it's so tough when i see like anything i read in history when you get down to the actual details not just like the overview but the actual details of what people live through day to day to day to day to me it's like i i cannot fathom living through that i can't i don't think that i i could i could describe a modern situation that is as brutal as what that would have to be to live through. And that was a average person's life. Yeah. Well, all I wanted to say was kind of just zoom out because I I, I think you're all making really good points. And I think it's because of how complex the issue Mm -hmm. is. And this is just because of how, I don't want to say it's impromptu, but we kind of just go into a topic like we've glossed over so many things. Uh And I think that there's actually probably places where you're talking past each other that you just Mm -hmm. don't realize because it goes down to the root. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think that that we're talking that about like that depression has existed always, mm-hmm. and it's like there is a modern lens that we look at depression mm-hmm. now, and it's kind of trying to figure out if that modern lens is better or worse. And I mm-hmm. think it's going to probably be both. I think mm-hmm. there's just expectations of it could be uh, clinical psychiatry or even pastoralship mm-hmm. where it's the silver bullet. Mm-hmm. I think that for healthiness, and I think we were. We, we kind of talked about it because you said there were several things you need, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. It's like it's not a one mm-hmm. thing. It's a multitude of things. Um, and I think that that 
because I find myself in the middle of what all of you guys are saying. It's like uh, I am skeptical of modern medicine or science because I understand that uh, I just I guess I'm just so skeptical, but I think it's all the blind leading the blind. Right. So it's kind of like you're going to have to deal with that issue. You can have data. But then again, you have to interpret the data, mm-hmm. and then and then you know, so it gets all all like that. Uh, well, so I think that you know, I, I do think that because you you do bring up a good point. It's like there is a database that these psychiatrists are working with that is very valuable, but there's also this intimate database that a pastor is working with, and I think that maybe what what would really help here is, and I mean, this is obviously going to be something molded for Christians because we're talking about pastors mm-hmm. and stuff. But like, is there needs to be a bridge between mm-hmm. those things. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I think that there needs to be less stigmatization in our society. And it has to start mm-hmm. with the church because I think we're pro-life naturally mm-hmm. as Christians. We want to see mm-hmm. someone's life improve. But there are instances where it's like, you know, someone could be a manic depressant or, mm-hmm. or something like that. And it's like, it doesn't matter mm-hmm. how good of a friend you are. Mm-hmm. You're not going to be able to solve that. Mm-hmm. But you being a friend does help right Mm -hmm. so that's still necessary and it's like Mm -hmm. i think all these things are necessary how necessary they are i think really depends on how you view the world Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. i think that that's where this is really coming from is i think that you you might look at it more necessary than than maybe daniel i'm gonna call you daniel for now because i know go for it okay but i (laughs) so you're allowed thank you i feel privileged uh and travis i don't know uh, david hasn't really talked but i'm kind of in between you guys because I do feel like I've been very skeptical, but then I'm like, look, having been counseled by, by pastors and, and gone mm-hmm. through that, it's like, it's really beneficial. But I think that both are kind of arriving at the same point, and it's the conversation that's happening up here. The great thing about, I feel like, with a pastor is that he's feeding me, I, I would call for lack of better terms, a philosophy, right, that I, I think is far superior than anything out there. Um, but a psychiatrist or a therapist, the way that they've been trained, it might be like a sharper point. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? And mm-hmm. so, like, that's also going to help mm-hmm. me. Or just observations to... Right. Yeah. It, it's just like, it. I, I don't think that any of it is going to be negative. Because even yeah. if you get abused by a, a, a psychiatrist, like, hopefully you're transparent with that with your pastor and the pastor will be like, hey, I think I'm taking advantage of you, or vice versa, mm-hmm. or your friends. Mm-hmm. So it's like... Mm-hmm. I mean, okay, the, thing, the, the, way, the way I see it is like, like, you said you think it's all the blind leading the blind, and... And it's like, I think it's maybe, you know, the, the visually impaired leading the blind. Mm-hmm. Where, cause like, cause like to your point, like, hey, yeah, like lobotomies were an actual yeah. practice, <clears throat> but like, and so were. was bloodletting <laughs> in the hard, you know, like in the hard science of, of physical health, mm-hmm. you know? And so, and, and, you know, I, the way, you know, the way I'm talking about it is like, if one of you guys was cut and you came to me, I have needle and thread. I could stitch that bad boy up. Would it be the best job? Could it possibly mm-hmm. reopen? Mm-hmm. Could it possibly get infected? Mm-hmm. Could it oh, possibly 100%. just heal and be ugly? Mm-hmm. All of the above, mm-hmm. you know? Oh, but okay. if you went to a doctor, it probably wouldn't, mm. right? If you come to me and you're like, hey, I am just in this really bad place mentally, mm-hmm. you know? I might tell you the right thing. I might tell you like, hey, Perk up, Daniel. You are a great guy, and you have all these things looking good for you. Like, you're good, man. How do you feel? And you'd be like, good, I'm like, great. And but you, I didn't equip you. You might, you might get depressed. You might continue on, or you might just be better. But if you went to someone here, like, hey, 
I'm not in a good mental place right now. I need to talk to someone, someone who's trained that can say, like, hey, you know what? Maybe telling them to buck up buckaroo is not the best course of action because, like, here's a bunch of medical professional and medical literature and training that says it's not. I'm going to guide him to a better direction. Are you more likely going to be in a better place? Probably. Mm-hmm. You know? And so, like, so could we, could, yeah, I just... Again, like, I'm, I, and I, I, I think I'm maybe coming from, like, a more, like, mental health can be a really serious thing. And, I, and I've seen a lot of different mental health, mm-hmm. different, I mean, I've, I've told you about my friend, I've told you about a niece. I remember in, in, I remember, like, a year ago, I looked back at somebody that I knew in high school, and I was like, dude was on the spectrum, and none of us ever realized it. Mm. And we, like, regularly mm. cracked jokes about him. Mm. Like, mm-hmm. we didn't do him any favors. Mm. And, like, you know, would we have called him a friend? Uh, mm. a, at least an acquaintance. And mm-hmm. would he have called us friends? At least an acquaintance. Mm-hmm. You know, in high school, you probably would have called him friends. Mm. And it's like, we did the dude no favors. We didn't know how to interact with the dude. He was weird. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's a reason for it. Mm-hmm. Because we were idiots and didn't know better and didn't have... Mm-hmm. training and degrees and mm-hmm. literature to tell us hey this dude is neurodivergent mm-hmm. in in a in a real way and not just a oh i like things differently than most people mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. and so like there there is a marked difference in that i mm-hmm. i <clears throat> man uh, first of all if you if you have a friend if you're pressing go to a friend and just just buck up well that's that's a bad friend. that's a really bad friend mm-hmm. um so i think one if, you, if you can to... articulate well, like I like I'll tell you, like well, I've gone okay. through depressive moments where my own mother has been like, "Buck up," and I'm like, "Okay, but like, no," and she's like, "What do you have to be depressed about?" And yeah. it's like, "But no." Well, I was just gonna say is that may be in our standard a bad friend, but could there have mm-hmm. been? Okay, a okay, yeah, right. Yeah. So, right. so and, and if I again, think it's if you're articulating right, right. yourself well, that like, hey, yeah. I am depressed versus like mm-hmm. I'm just bummed. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think. So when I talk to my friends about who are depressed and stuff, hey, um, one of like you got you kind of ask yourself is what is your role? Is your role to fix them or help them? Because that's a big thing. Like for me, it's like I'm not here to mm. fix your depression. Cause I don't think I can, mm-hmm. but I'm gonna help you through this journey. I'm gonna mm-hmm. be there. I'm gonna listen. I'm gonna be. And what I make sure I do is that I learned a lot from this. Is man, if a friend is depressed, one of the big things is listen to them. And words of encouragement. Mm. If they come up to you like, hey, I think I'm going to go to therapy, encourage that. Mm-hmm. If they do something, if they start to feel a little better, or if they start to, you know, eat a little healthier, encourage that. Mm-hmm. It's like, great job. Good, like, I'm proud of you. That's a big thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, encourage this thing is big. And, man, if you're like, Miguel, I don't know if this is what you meant to say. It's like, uh, oh, just go straight to therapy. Well, if you're. This from my experience, my friends who all like depressed and really down, they don't want to go to the, they don't want to be involved because they don't oh I don't think therapy therapy is gonna help. Sure. But what you do you do is that friend can help you go to therapy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because I, mm-hmm. like what is it like I I I believe therapy therapy can help. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, I mean, I'm, not, I I'm not talking about institutionalizing anyone against their will when they right. that's the first sign of like 
mm-hmm. I might be depressed. Mm-hmm. I mean, encourage them to get there, yeah. but it, I don't think you should be the, um, the end point. And also, the post people that are depressed, like, they, I think this is one of the biggest things, is choose who you talk to. Because admittedly, I have friends, if I was, if I was depressed, there are some friends I have I would never talk to mm-hmm. about this. Even though my friends, mm-hmm. and that's okay. There are some people who are just bad at listening, or just bad at, they're not, they're not being rude, they're just bad at listening to that stuff, mm-hmm. or like how, having to deal with that stuff. That's mm-hmm. fine. There are some people like that. Mm-hmm. But to really choose who you talk to about this. I have friends who I would never talk to about this stuff. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, two is... Man, this, this, Travis said this, and I freaking love it, is no one's going to care more about you than you. Mm. You have to, like, if you, if you, if you want, if you want to fix yourself, like, I'm going to choose to go to therapy. That's you. That's you choosing to go to therapy. I disagree with your statement. Uh, Hang on. On principle. Okay, well, hang on. I'm still talking. I disagree with you. I didn't disagree. Um, so, like, if you want to go to therapy like therapy is going to help me well who chose who made that decision it was you because you want to fix yourself if a therapist says hey go do this stuff this is the stuff take mm-hmm. this medicine mm-hmm. it's your choice to take that medicine mm-hmm. because why are you going to be taking that medicine because you want to help you you're the one no therapist is not going to force that pill down your throat therapist is not going to force you to do these activities that will help you you know who's going to do that it's you're going to do that you're choosing to go take that step forward and like I don't I don't want to be like this anymore I'm choosing to go to a therapy mm. I'm choosing to go step on my friends I'm going to mm. choose to take these medicines my therapist is taking mm. think I'm straight I'm going to do these activities I'm going to do this I'm going to do this I'm going to do this like mm. no one is going to force you no one can force you to do that stuff mm. so what you want to do is you have and, and it's a lot it's a lot easier than me just saying it obviously mm. mm-hmm. but seriously no like you know, I can't, I cannot, I want to help. I'm trying to, I, there's only so much I can do. There's only so much a therapist can do to an extent to you have to mm-hmm. do some of the, you're going to have to do a lot of the hard work. Mm-hmm. We can help you with that hard work. We can help you lift that. But who has to lift it first? Mm. Like you, you have, like, and, and I know it's a lot easier because I know some people that are really depressed. And I, I, and holds my, <clears throat> it breaks my heart to like, I can't help you. Like, I'm. Like, I can't help you to fix this, but I'm going to be here for you. Mm. But, like, if you really need to go, you have, you, you have to do it. I'll, mm. I'll, I'll set up this appointment. Mm-hmm. I'll set up, I'll drive you there, but you have to get in my car. Mm. You're the one who has to get in my car. You have to show up. Mm. And, like, I think that's a big thing. It's like, I know it's really tough when you go through it. Like, I just don't care about anything. And I think there are a lot, sadly, there are a lot of people who just feel like, they have no body. Mm. So it, I, it is just yeah. Um, I want to contextualize because I think in most cases, so I I use that quote in a very specific um, context with with regard to a person's ministry and like uh, I, I was told um, when I was in college, no one can be expected to care more about your ministry than you do. So if you show that you don't care about your ministry, it's going to be hard to get other people to, mm. um, you know, to be on board with it and to care about it. And I think that largely that is a generalizable principle to say like, you know, no one, no one can care much, can care as much about your life as you do. 
if you're talking to healthy people. But it's like if you're talking to a sick person, if you're talking to a person who's, you know, or, or we might say, you know, diagnosable with some kind of condition, it's like, okay, they might be unable, like a person who's on the ground is unable to get in the mm. ambulance. It's like I okay, actually got to like, scoop yeah. them up and take them there. Mm. But, I mean, I, I would say that in the vast majority, okay, not maybe vast is not okay, but in the majority of cases, um, people are not dealing with diagnosable um you know, like DSM five mm-hmm. type of disorders, um, they're they're dealing with purposelessness. Mm. And if if you have a life of like existential nihilism, you have no reason to care about anything. Um, this is so. I said I was going to circle back around to this, but it's like, man, if your uh, if your job, if you feel like your job has purpose for anything other than the gospel or for anything other than something that can be considered like kingdom work. I'm not saying like, you know, you can be a plumber unto the kingdom of God, X, Y, Z, but uh, it's like you're ultimately going to have to ground your purpose in something transcendent or it will fail to bear the burden of your existence. Um, And and I do think that in general it is, um, it's an unfortunate reality for a lot of people but it is a reality to say, look, like, um, if if we meet and we talk, let's say we talk for like three hours one night, we just go on loops, you know, around this uh, neighborhood and we talk and we talk and we come back and we're still talking in the kitchen, we're still talking, uh, we talk, 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 okay? And then it's like, okay, you say, here's my plan. Yeah, you're right. I do hate my job. Yeah, you're right. I do need to, to, to start doing this. Okay, I'm going to be your accountability partner. I'm going to check in with you tomorrow, next week, whatever it is. And you've also said that with regard, hey, you're right, probably some of this has to do with my physical body. I'm a physiological being. I'm not, mm-hmm. you know, divorced from mm-hmm. my body. So I'm going to start waking up at a better time. I'm going to start drinking more water. I am going to start, you know, going for walks, things like that. And then I check in with you a week later and you're like, yeah, I haven't done any of that stuff. And it's like, okay, well, maybe we go for another three-hour walk. We have Okay, but if we go through that cycle for four months and still nothing changes like there's there's a sense in which you can say look um you're right you have to be the one to get in my car i can drive you to the appointment i can set it up but it's like if you don't uh if you don't engender within yourself the 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 drive even to go that far then uh it's like man i i can't care on your behalf i can care about you on my own behalf, but I can't sneak into your brain and generate care about your life or drive about your life. Mm. And uh, it's like there, there is a sense of personal responsibility that like I, I know that people also have all these extenuating circumstances about the world that they're born into and the life that they're born into. But man, not many people get to say that they're born into a better situation than we are um, at least for our physical health, okay? Not for our spiritual health. Not mm. for our spiritual health to be born into a generation that's completely divorced itself from God, mm. divorced itself from transcendent meaning. And basically, like, you go online and people specifically say, oh, yeah, the point of life is to just find something that you enjoy doing until you're dead. Like, take up cooking classes or, you know, maybe get into weekend archaeology and then die. And no- and one day the sun's going to explode and nothing you did or anyone else did will ever matter. All your loved ones are just destined mm. for, you know, annihilation. And it's like, well, good luck. Good luck not being depressed. It's like, I, I don't think you can expect 
people not to be depressed in that uh, in that world. Mm. Yeah, something that I've been thinking about as we're talking. Because I think what Eric said was really, really great, and I think that's more along the lines of where I'm coming from. Because again, I wanted to say like, Eric no matter how many times, <laughs> no matter how many times you like you throw out there like, I don't think this is negative. I'm not against um, counseling or psychology. I feel like no matter whenever you kind of bring up a counterpoint, it's like okay, I'll throw that out the window. Now you're just like arguing against. Yeah. And not I'm not saying that you guys are saying that. But I'm saying like I feel that way. I'm like I just sound <clears> like I'm now like out there being like Scientologist, being like it's such a false thing. You don't know mm-hmm. the history of psycho. Because uh, one of my uh, there's a couple things that are my absolute favorite things to study, which is history, Jesus. and the other thing is psychology. Well, um, the other than theology is history and psychology. Jesus. I love psychology. Jeez. I love uh, like learning about because it it's observation and so it's human observation which is just a fun thing to do and like you get to see all of these uh connections and i think one of the things that it seems like to me and i could be wrong that psychology is founded on is the found is the foundation that a person is stronger is pliable is malleable is fixable versus saying that a person is fragile mm. and easily shattered and hanging on the thread so I think one of the things that can be actually like a snake eating its own tail is if we're giving the message that everyone is on the verge, they're all shatterable, they're all mm. going to break very easily, it could be like one, and I'm not saying that this isn't true for some people, I'm just saying if overall, if that's the message, I think that does something to mm. our minds. I think the way we think about these things matter. And again, I'm, I'm overgeneralizing here, but one of the reasons why I was saying earlier of you should not right away go to, I need to go see a mental health professional. I'm having a d- difficult time. Uh, one is just because the, one of the things that they're going to tell you is that you need to learn your own strength and learn that you can overcome this. And the other thing is, is that the method they're going to do to help you get overcome it is in a trained way, as Miguel's point, in a trained way, teach you how to overcome it yourself. Right. They're not going to be doing anything for you. They're going to be helping you as you work your way out of it. So it's not like that they're coming in and you just be like, give me the medication doctor. Um, but I think there is, um, that's something that I think is also a, an effect, which is if you're constantly telling people that they're fragile and an instant, they need hyper counseling. Like, you know, you get a cut on your arm. I'm going to go see an oncologist. I get a bloody nose. I gotta go see an oncologist. I got a cold. I gotta go see an oncologist. Your mind starts like becoming a hypochondriac that every single thing now is a warning sign that Mm. I'm dying. And so, I think mental health is very important. I'm not saying against that, but I do think that it is detrimental to one's mental health if all the time you're saying, oh my gosh, I feel a little bit sad. I think I'm clinically depressed. Oh my gosh, I'm feeling nervous because I have to speak in front of a thousand people. I might be clinically anxious. I might have panic disorder. Um, It becomes becomes what psychologists term catastrophizing or hypochondria, but with mental health. And so that's, I think, the thing more things that I'm would also push against as I see that, that the marketing for um, mental health has exploded recently. Um, and I think it is doing more of a detriment to the psychologists and psychiatrist professions that I respect by saying, Hey, this is a marketable thing that you need to log into and talk about constantly. So I think the best um, psychiatrists and psychologists that I've studied, they want to not keep you on for years and years. They want this is something that should be a couple months that they give you the tools and then you go practice for the next couple of years of your life um, versus being like, hey, come into my session and talk all the time. But again, I want to put all this out there because I'm like, I know even now I'm like, it still sounds like I'm arguing that psychology is bad. I'm just, well, I think what Eric said is really um, beneficial that these things go hand in hand. I think 
um, pastors, the way I was trained, the way my um, uh, um, counseling uh, professor taught me was it's really great and be really helpful if pastors and um, like lay counselors were the first aid. They were the ones doing the, what Miguel was talking about, the, um, what's the word I'm for, triage. Mm. this seems like an issue that we can work on together this seems like an issue you need to go to someone mm -hmm. uh that's more maybe more practice and then even saying well this is an issue you need to go to like a uh psycho psychiatrist because i think you might be having uh some massive problems um so i think that's that's what i see as a very valuable thing is that friends um can be a level of help and comfort because community is one of the first lines of defense. Community, diet, sleep, and exercise are like the four big things for mental health. Um, and then the next stage, you have your pastors um, and people who are, are trained kind of in the beginning stages of it with the attending method, and then going from there to, okay, here's where you should go next. I think that would get maybe about 70% of people, in my estimation, from going to a mental health professional, which is already overrun right now, and there's just not enough psychologists. So that's like... To me, it's like the problem is not getting more psychologists. The problem is getting people who can do um, fixable issues versus non. Does that make sense? Yeah. No, I'm, I'm actually really happy that you mentioned the first aid aspect because that's what I was mm -hmm. going to say is like, look, as, as someone who's, you know, probably better trained in first aid than most others, mm -hmm. um, that's that's what I was going to say. It's like, mm -hmm. like I, I made the analogy of like, come to me and I'll stitch you up. It won't be a great job, mm -hmm. but like it's going to be better than the dude who does, who's never threaded a needle before, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. And, mm -hmm. and so like, yeah, pointing straight at Eric, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> it's true. but no, but like, and, and so I say that in, in, you know, you know, like if I had a heart attack, mm -hmm. I'd want one of you guys mm -hmm. pounding on my chest, regardless if you know anything or not, you know? Mm -hmm. So don't like, don't get me, don't get me wrong on that aspect of it. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. I, yeah. But makes sense. what I am saying is I don't think people have, and not that I'm not saying that this is a sciencey way, but I don't th think people have the emotional IQ to necessarily be that first aid response. Mm -hmm. And so we need to do a better job of training others or having mm -hmm. resources, mm -hmm. like you said, of of those counselors that can mm -hmm. then direct and say, hey, you know what? Like yeah. you're fine talking to Tweedledum and Tweedledee mm -hmm. or hey, you need to go talk to a psychiatrist. Mm -hmm. And I look at like even my kids, for example, like I care more about my kids well-being than my kids do. And not because, like, one of them doesn't know the dangers of walking off the curb, but because my eldest, who's six, doesn't have the emotional IQ to say, mm. this behavior is self-destructive. Mm -hmm. And even though I'm being told it's self-destructive, and I've experienced some of the destruction that occurs from pursuing this mm. behavior, I'm going to pursue it anyway, because my emotional IQ is not high enough. Mm -hmm. And I, I think, unfortunately... A lot of people, mm. a lot of people, mm -hmm. make it to adulthood with a low emotional IQ, mm. and are not, and and they might be our friends. Mm -hmm. I am someone who personally, I am a very reactive individual. Mm -hmm. So like, don't come to me with a problem and expect me to just sit down and listen yeah. well because it's not my knee jerk. Mm. And I've had to learn to mm. bite my tongue and sit still for a while. <laughs> And so, like, mm -hmm. I've, you know, through talking to my friend, I, I've, pr I've been able to practice it. Mm -hmm. But, like, if I was the first line, 
Mm. God, I fear what would have happened to him. Mm-hmm. You know, mm. and 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 that's what I'm. That's why I'm really glad that you made mention of like of that first aid. Like there mm-hmm. needs to be that first aid response, mm-hmm. and people need to be more understanding. Like I said, I was in my early thirties before I realized that an interaction that I was having in my teens was with someone who was on the spectrum. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. it, it, we're not trained for meant to 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 notice or care mm-hmm. a ton about mental health mm-hmm. um as, as as we are other things and that needs to be noted mm-hmm. i agree with, i do like what you said about emotional emotional iq i think yeah that's mm-hmm. that's a big one mm-hmm. and i i said this a long podcast ago but one thing that needs to be taught picking schools is how, how to sewing threading a needle threading a needle and it is freaking like talk like I don't know what's the word for it, but like, um, act it out. Like just <laughs> how to talk to people, like how attending. like attending. It's like the attending people. method. Yeah, mm. like it's so freaking important. Like it's super helpful. Yes, it's true. like freaking like low acute. Like people, it's true. Like some people just don't have that because, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I, I agree with that whole time. Yeah. So what mm. what would you tell someone who can't afford therapy? Move you can to a see? country with socialized health. Mm. Yeah, you can. Oh, that's it. That's it. Me. Buckle I was up. like, I like you mean like David. Everybody you guys tell me, David. Like strength. you, you need help, and like, well, I can't afford it. Like I can't. And you guys, you guys have tried everything. Like you try to help me. I'm still like, no. Like I'm gonna go. That, mm-hmm. I mean, there's, there's obviously their hotlines, but like, I, one of the reasons I really love my church is they have a, a full blown counseling center with trained mm. counselors. Oh, that's cool. Um, mm. and like, I mean. The, the guy who I was talking who I was talking about, you know, he went and he talked to him. He's like, hey, look, like I'm trying to get my finances in order. Mm-hmm. I was paying X amount. He's down to $15 a session, which is still unaffordable for some people. But it is very that affordable is when you're yeah. talking about counseling. Yeah. yeah. You know, like yeah. and, and so, yeah, wow. you know, like there are resources out mm-hmm. there. And, and, you know, like and that mm-hmm. art, my church's counseling center is networked with other like I mm-hmm. you know I don't attend counseling so I don't know of all of them but but they mm-hmm. exist mm-hmm. and there are even church organizations that run these things that you can get both what Travis was talking about you know now, so, do you think there is a chance that a, a a friend can do just as good as a professional give someone who's a counselor by a counselor by a professional counselor. No, I'm saying your friend is a professional. No, a friend is just. No, but no. I'm saying that's how they can do as good. But I'm going to say it again. For your yeah, friend yeah, to become it. a counselor. Yes. Yeah. Like to is get there licensed a friend? is what Eric. No, I know. Is you're it, still missing it. <laughs> what? If your friend is a professional counselor, they will be as good as a no. professional counselor. No, no, no. no. It was just a regular friend. If, no, no, I'm saying it's a joke. If, it's, well, it's I'm, the, I'm, I'm just saying, like, literally, that's how I would think. Oh, that you could, oh, okay, okay. I think this is like, like an Abbott and Costello. Right? I think your friend is a, a counselor. I'm like, no, I'm saying to answer your question, it would have to be that your friend would also have to be a professional counselor. No, yeah. I, don't, I don't think that's necessarily true. Well, I, I mean, by the law of identity, if he is a professional counselor, he is as good as the professional counselor that he is. That's the joke he's been yeah. trying to make for like a minute and a half. No. Sure. Okay. Um, I, I do... Well, like I, that joke. I do, well, it's actually like serious too. I do too. think like, a that's friend can do, do a job as well as... But I also think if I throw a dart at a dartboard, eventually I'm going to hit a bullseye. So you're not you know? saying that everyone has there, that friend. 
Yeah, not okay. everyone has okay. that friend, I, or not every friend right. has, has the ability to to bestow life. wise advice. Right. Okay. You know, hmm. get wisdom, and with all thy getting, get well, pain. Get out of here. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> guys, we uh, we no, solved, we solved it. We no, solved the mental health crisis. No, no, it's like no, every time you always solved we something. We didn't even get close. You know what? I and think also, I think Daniel hit the nail on the head. Lobotomies. Literally, I like the pun. I like the puppy. How long have you had, has that one been in the holster? To be honest. <laughs> can I just uh, can I just say that before uh, ending this, because I want our audience to know this, that we were planning on talking about happiness as well. This is a two parter. <laughs> no, I mean I, I think is. I think this has to do with like yeah. how to help people, yeah. Yeah. you know, those sorts of things. And, and I think we've started off by talking about those things. So. I have never mm. met someone that said, "Oh, money will solve my problem." I don't want people to keep thinking uh, that. I, keep, I don't like keep hearing that. I got some I problems. Money would solve. Well, I'm saying it's like, oh, it would make it would kill my depression. It would kill me my happiness. I'm like, you could afford a lobotomy. It would cure me my <laughs> happiness. <laughs> it works. It does. Exactly. You're no longer unhappy. Or Shutter Island. Island. That's what that's I thought about. you were going to say a person. Oh, here's another question. Oh, sorry. Alright, so with that, um, anyone, but I'll, I'll talk to you, Miguel. <laughs> is, okay, so what if you have a friend that's like, okay, I need therapy. Um, I know I'm depressed, but doesn't do anything. What, 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 what would you do in that? Like, how, how would you help? How would you give them wisdom with that? I'm gonna crack a joke, Travis. I'm sorry. The Florida school teachers' uh, favorite thing, Baker Act. No, <laughs> actually, I was gonna uh, bring no, up Baker but, Act. But Baker Acting. I don't is, know what Baker Acting is. Uh, you can you can institutionalize someone against their will for 72 hours. Yeah, so they're held in a facility where they can't harm themselves mm-hmm. or harm anyone yeah. else. Yeah, um, that was a uh, uh, joke in poor taste. But mm-hmm. in all honesty, like if you genuinely feel like someone is a danger to themselves or others. A Baker Act is absolutely something that you can use. It shouldn't be a first resort by any means. Why? But they're, they're not dangerous. No, yeah, to themselves. he's just they're saying just... that this person is constantly talking about their depression. Oh, he says like I need but, but like, they don't. Admit, do I, I need to go to therapy, but this doesn't do anything. Like, what? Well, how? Old, and would you, could afford therapy? Yeah. What? What would your wisdom yeah. be? So they today? haven't done therapy when they make the claim it doesn't work. No, they haven't gone to any therapy. They well, say, then I, I would say go to therapy. Well, they say like okay. Kind of the example that Travis gave. They go for like, a walk, talk three hours, yeah, four and they just later. don't do it. We're like, what? What would Which you? Sounds like clinical depression, where you just don't have a motivation to do anything, even to get better. Okay, but how? How? What would you do to help them with that? Like, oh, like what? What would your best advice or? The toughest. Be? I think the tough. Sorry if I interrupted anybody. The toughest thing about all of this, which in, it is true, absolutely for psychologists and psychiatrists, but is very painfully true especially for pastors is that you cannot make anyone do anything Mm -hmm. if -hmm. someone is done they're done yeah like you can't force someone to be better like you can do like what what miguel was talking about about the baker act but again you can't force someone to continue on right yeah um you can't force some you can i can lay at someone's feet like here is the absolute perfect thing this is what jesus told you to do this will make life better. This is what you're supposed to do. Mm. And that's as much as I can do. I cannot make them obey mm-hmm. it. I cannot yeah. make them want to do it. I can't make them get better. And that's a painful reality. I think there's a lot of <clears throat> encouragement you can do. I think that um, there's a lot of continually check in. And even just like godly nagging. Just <laughs> constantly nagging, knocking at the door, being like, do you remember you're going to do this? Yep. You're going to do this. Mm-hmm. Yep. And people can sometimes just do things because they're tired of hearing about it. Yep. Um, and there's a, but there's a good re- re- result from that. But I think that is something that we have to remember is we have a really um, big heart to help people. 
but it's up to that person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just like eventually, with eventually, there yeah. comes a point, like you were saying, you can drive them, but they have to get in the car. Um, like, it, this could go even to the physical things. If if a person says, like you were saying, that they would say, uh, you know, oh, therapy doesn't work. I've never tried it, but it doesn't work. And it's like you could even recommend physical things. Like, hey, it, mm-hmm. it would probably help you if you got up at a better hour and you got some sunlight. And it's like, well, it wouldn't work. It wouldn't help even if I did do it. And it's like, okay, man. Like, mm-hmm. there really does come a point mm-hmm. where I'm not saying you stop caring or stop mm-hmm. praying or anything like that, but it's like, man, uh, this is this is negatively impacting both of us. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I mean, it, it sounds horrible that we've waited until all this time to to really bring this in, but man, you got to pray for these people mm-hmm. because it's like they're. And I'm, I'm not saying that that's all that you do, but in, in a very real sense, that's the most important thing that you do is like mm-hmm. you, you pray to your God and their God um, that the words that you speak to them would find lodging in their hearts and would invoke action mm-hmm. of some sort. Mm-hmm. Um, but man, it, 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 is, it is exhausting to pour out yourself and to, to talk and to counsel and to just... It's like you're talking to a wall. I think something that exposes in our hearts, whether we truly are followers of Christ and truly believe in the gospel, is when we say, well, we'll pray for the person, but we need to make sure we do something that actually helps. Or we need to get them to a medical professional who can actually do something. And I think it shows, it betrays that, do we really trust that God listens to prayer? Mm. And I think also the, the level to which uh, the, the thing with mental health is psychology is like Travis said, the study of the mind, but suke is also the study of the soul, soul yep. the study of the soul, like your emotions, your mind, how you're put together, how your volition is working. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, is that the, the way that you fix that is you dig down to the very first point at which you uh, either your soul was hurt or you twisted it yourself. That's what psychologists are trying to do. The problem is, and Travis brought this up earlier, but I think it's super important to know when in any of these discussions is is if a psychologist says the point that i will dig stops here Mm. and then the problem is deeper Mm. and they're not going to touch it because they're not going to acknowledge that there is a supernatural soul or that there is a spiritual realm so they're going to stop there but Mm. they can do a lot of progress they can get a lot long ways in in um, uncovering and treating symptoms like you know like saying like cut like you know you're you're bleeding a lot, so they're helping to slow that down. They haven't gotten to the fact that you're a hemophiliac that has a actual um, autoimmune disorder that's causing that. They've just been able to decrease your bleeding, stitch up wounds, make sure that you don't get cuts. They're getting they're they're, they're and these these things are showing actual results, and they look good. And it looks like like hey, that medical professional they're fixing it, and they are in, in in some sense. But I think one of the things that I've thought of as I studied this and thought about this is um, when I hear about psychologists where they say what you have to do is go all the way back to the very point where things were twisted, where reality was twisted, where the soul got twisted, and that's what's going to fix everything else that followed after, because of that twisting is what caused all these other issues to mm-hmm. spring out. Um, only the gospel can penetrate that far. Um, only someone that's acknowledging, like Travis said, that there is more to this world than just the fact that you are made up of chemicals. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that's one of the reasons why 
if we're really meditating on this, that's why I'm saying I do love psychology and I think it's great. And like, and like Eric said, like we want to bridge those gaps and find the things that do help and that are effective and that are good. And those are great. Um, and we want to have healthy bodies. We go to doctors and we follow um, uh, diet plans and we listen to those things because those affect our hearts and our souls as well because we're embodied creatures. But what we don't ever want to forget that the spiritual matters a ton. And it can be contributing to problems and it can be the key to success. And so I think we never want to move out of the realm that the gospel, Christ's work in our heart, is what uh, is the ultimate answer for these things. I really don't want to open a Pandora's box. So this could be just a This question. is the part of the podcast where Eric says exactly <laughs> that and then he brings up something and then we say we're going to do a podcast on it and then we just never do. That's right. what I'm yeah. saying. Is this, is so we have question? to do, huh? Is this a new question that you're about to answer? Or ask? It's a new yes. box. Well, well, by the way, it's related to what, what is being said. It has to be related to this. Absolutely, it's, it's related. all the way. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, no, I still want him to say it. I'm just acknowledging this is our sign-off. What's going to happen is Travis is going to put it in a box and wheel it in a wheel in the warehouse of Indiana Jones and this will never be seen again. There's so many out there. Uh, number fifty-two. Answer David's question before. Yeah, I do want to hear that. I do want to hear uh, your, 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 your statement. All right, I, I want to hear I your thoughts. Okay. So, I love the fact that you asked this question: of what would I do to help someone who is very obviously having problems? Mm -hmm. The answer who is who doesn't want to go right. Okay. The answer is I don't know what the right answer is because I'm an untrained professional, and maybe there is a better <laughs> answer. Then the answer that I'm going to give. Right. My best shot in the dark, because I am untrained and unaware, would be kind of like what you said. I would encourage them, hey man, like, like, you're taking these steps, like, let's keep doing it, let's keep going. I would come alongside them to try to do these steps with them. Mm -hmm. Of like, hey, I want to eat better. Hey man, like, that's a great point. Let's go and mm -hmm. grocery shopping go together to and buy food. Or like, you know... I would I would try to find ways that I mm -hmm. come alongside of them. Um, are those the most effective things? I think so. Mm -hmm. Just like I would think that if someone stabbed, take out the thing that's killing them, right? right. No, but they might bleed out because you took the knife out. Right. Right. Or <sighs> mm, you know, my stomach uh, there there's certain things that when you learn them in first aid that you're like. Oh, that's obvious, right? Like, someone's impaled, don't pull out the knife. Mm -hmm. Or if someone is impaled in the eye, cover both eyes, not one, right? Because the other eye is going to be looking around, and the eye with something in it is also going to be dinking around, looking around. And it hurts the impaled eye. So you blindfold mm -hmm. them as best you can. These are obvious things that you don't know until you're taught them, you know? And so these are the things that I would maybe say and do... But I don't know because I haven't been adequately trained in that. Mm -hmm. um, those are my shots in the dark. I think they're good ideas. But mm -hmm. I, as Travis so, has said, uh, if, I'm, if I'm wrong and I know I'm wrong, then I would just change my mind, right? Mm -hmm. I think these are good ideas. And if they're not good ideas and I know they're not good ideas, then I would make but, them. So, but it's still someone's job to convince someone to go to do their job, you know? Like, it's, there's not yeah. a professional who goes to someone right. who tells them to go to a professional. Mm -hmm. Right. I mean, those those would be the best things that I can it think of is like to, to come alongside them. Right. You know? Hey, you want to eat better? Let's go to the grocery store and do that. Or let's share meals regularly 
to ensure that you're eating better. You want to work out more? I'm not going to tell you to go to the gym. I'm going to go to the gym with you. Why? You know? And, and hope that that change. I mean, look how long we've been telling Eric to work out. He actually lifted weights today. Yeah, by the way, that was on me. Okay, You're sure. Welcome. Yeah, take all the credit. Oh, yeah, like, my gosh. You always take credit for everything. No, what did I tell you this look, morning? Well, you didn't even hey, know hey, what hey, this was. Telling him he now. was looking a little flabby doesn't help anybody, <laughs> okay? It. Dude, no. that should be a business. It's convincing someone. <laughs> Body shaming people. You know what that's called? Nagging I think people. that's called a friend. <laughs> Uh, All right, mm. so that's my answer. Okay, I like that. That's a good answer. Um, Eric, oh, what's your please, please. take us home. Yeah, <laughs> which uh, I mean, wrap far, up. far away. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I, what I wanted to uh, ask, and I think that we should just, obviously we're going to do this another time. Please don't put this away. Um, <laughs> is I wanted to get to the, because we're talking about clinical psychology, but I don't think we really hit on pastoral mm -hmm. counseling. And it's like, what is this spiritual side that you're, you're talking mm -hmm. about? And so that's that's why I would say it would open Pandora's box. Mm -hmm. uh, just an FYI, question. yeah. I, I'm like I'm actually seeing a lot of similarities between the two of them. I'm not really seeing as many differences, mm -hmm. but that's why we discuss these things. So, mm -hmm. is that is that related enough, Mister? Yeah. Just put that in a, in the warehouse. You know what? And next time I'll ask the psychologist. So the next podcast will be on pastoral care and demonology. Ooh, Ooh demonology, Travis. Meaning, so Eric's yeah. homework. Is to go back and listen to every podcast for the very end. <laughs> he, he only has to listen to the last 10 minutes and make a list of all the abandoned mm. topics that we've not hit. Uh, That'll be an omnibus week. That, that be I, I thought you said that. Go find Why is God good? <laughs> like Jerry Seinfeld? Yeah. What's the deal with God's goodness? <laughs> What's the deal? Again, we, do, we hear the question. You're welcome, mm. everyone. Wow. Mm -hmm. I do think it to us. I do think not. I'm not gonna go too long, but I do think that's a really good question because I think one of the things that I do want to what was want to point out is like historically, um, not to be the guy that always like goes back into the past, but I think it really does matter because I think we have this idea that mental health just started. Is that you read um, pastors of the ancient church mm -hmm. or the early church, and you get reread um, Calvin and Luther. And they were immensely practical and pastoral, mm -hmm. and they were counseling people back then. Mm -hmm. And so it wasn't a thing that's like, oh, this ju we just got this idea. I was talking to, was it Kate? What's the guy's name? Keelan. Keelan. Starting to Keelan about, I'm sorry if I shouldn't have said Holla. name. Shouldn't have said name. I just bleep it out. But I was talking to, bleep. I was talking to, <laughs> so, I was talking to somebody about this bleep. earlier about how, uh, oh, why did I, why did I, I just lost it. Um, Pastoral counseling. Yeah, about how we kind of assume that something just popped out of the blue. Mm. Like, oh, the it turned the turn of the A century. Formed, turn of the century, yeah. Sigmund Freud was born and he was like, bam, <clears throat> mental health and mental counseling, we just learned about it. And I think what's super helpful is to know that there is a long trajectory that started from many thinkers coming together and that this didn't just pop on the scene, that this was stewed and marinated and developed over time. And I think one of the things that uh, that's super helpful with that is then uh, you're not divorcing it from where it came from. You're not saying like, oh, this all of a sudden just showed up on the scene. So the, you start to say, well, what is the difference? And I think one of the main uh, differences is it's a little bit easier to record data now. And the other difference is what Travis was talking about is now the world, instead of the, the worldview saying... Uh, not just in the world, but instead of, instead of discovering the basis of, hey, you have value and you should get better because it matters if you're better. To now saying you don't matter 
nothing this matters. doesn't matter yeah you, you they, like you, you are being, a you bag being, of chemicals you being alive or dead doesn't matter to anybody yeah also let's start working on your depression like when you go to a counselor and that's what they're telling you mm -hmm. to me it's like that's where my skepticism starts uh -huh. of how can they take that message that they're telling you mm -hmm. that this doesn't matter it just seems like you want to feel better how can you take that and and, and actually mm -hmm. deal with someone who's like i'm feeling sad because my life has no purpose and they're saying it doesn't have a purpose you don't have a purpose mm. let's talk about what might make you happier mm. i think that is what i talk about, about about you need to get to the root of the issue and i think sometimes the root of the issue can be and i'm not just blaming psychology i'm thinking like of the uh, you know the world a school system that teaches kids that it doesn't matter that uh, a philosophy that teaches that it just show everything just showed up and was here and what whether whatever we do with it is what we do with it mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um so i think that i think that's really important but i, I do like that question about pastoral um mm -hmm. counseling because there is a lot of examples of it in history of pastors weren't they they weren't just theologians going around being like i'm going to argue about the trinity they were talking to real people with really deep mm. deep issues yeah. um and they did wonderful things it's like if there's no god there is no disease mm. because there's no health there's no standard this is the way things should be it's like there's no ought there's mm. just this is the way things are mm. so mm -hmm. yeah i love you guys even though this on, isn't dude. therapeutic dude Set how lame that's I not love... a great sign out no i love you guys i love too. you guys oh, all too oh i tolerate Eric. especially Dave. <laughs> i accept that eric's here i'm just kidding i love you Eric. <laughs> i am curious it's... especially miguel, miguel said it was especially to Daniel. me it's not but it's especially peter, peter. What? miguel said it was for me it's not but is this therapeutic to you guys all right stop lying i mean Seriously. yeah it's, he's, it's, it has a quality it has, every day like, in the week he's he's crying I'm to me like a, i really miss podcasts he's a like, biblical yeah. word and say it's up to the thing it's it's yeah, edifying. Edifying. it is therapeutic it's edifying edifying right. edifying it's edifying. Right. bye everybody see y'all in another month when we record another <laughs> podcast <laughs>